another episode of Top Shuffers Podcast. And this episode has three sponsors again. I know. For all you long-time listeners, it's finally happening. It's cool to finally have sponsored content and be able to uh, start building up uh, the ability to give back to the community that's helped me get to where I'm at today. So thank you guys. First sponsor, Monarch Social. If you guys are ready to start blowing up your business, create your own website, and have have a company create quality, engaging content, Monarch Social is the way to go. Head over to monarchsocialbrand.com, check out the services, check out the companies they work with, and reach out. You can reach out to me, actually, and I will help you set that up. Second, Dark Prime Collectibles. We're all nerds here, right? We all have a different realm where we fall under. If you're into Legos, magic, collecting old action figures, video gaming, even a little bit of Pokemon, Dark Prime Collectibles is the way to go. You can check out their website for all their inventory or head up to Clearfield. They have a location up there where you can walk in, meet Jason. He's the owner. Great guy. He'll make you feel comfortable, make you feel at home. It has that old, like, 90s aesthetic, like, you know, gaming nerd hangout. It's fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Dark Prime Collectibles. And last but not least, Hepius. Premium CBD that's not going to break the bank. If you are looking for CBD, either you want a little bit of relaxing, if you want better sleep, if you just want a little bit of health benefits, head over to hepiusmed.com. That is H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com. Thank you, sponsors. Do I snort that? You can actually put, like if you take this little tube thing yeah. and you bend over, I could just straight up. Just right up in yeah. there? Immediately yeah. into the bloodstream. Yeah, immediately. Which is fantastic. Recommended though, under the tongue. Mm. Easiest. There you go. Tastes like CBD. <laughs> Smells like pine. Ooh, there you go. That's not <laughs> so, too bad. There are worse things I put in my Yeah. <laughs> so tonight we have familiar face and new face, and I'm super excited to finally have you guys together because, I mean, I got to know you on the last one. Yeah. Because of Holly and Cass mm-hmm. and that whole group. And then you're obviously brothers. Yeah. yeah. Once you yeah. got it, for you audio listeners, it's going to be a difficult one because uh, <laughs> definitely sound a little bit similar. There's a little. Well, we should have prepared something. Oh, uh, yeah. No, we should have. Oh, Seriously. I can kind of hear differences. So yeah, maybe well, they'll be good. Yeah. But it's Aiden and Ari. Yes. Nice to meet y'all. Now, there's a little bit of age difference, right? That is, yeah. So you are older mm-hmm. by by, two, five, by five years. By five years. Mm-hmm. I always forget the year. I'm a young man. He's so an old baby. It's so great. It freaks me out because I'm like, I still see him sometimes as that 16 year old. Yeah. And I'm like, then I'm hearing stories about how he's doing stuff, like moving into apartments and moving out of state and stuff like that. And I just got to sit there and go, yeah. it's it's a big boy. You it's ask, a big boy. You know, Richard. Richard. How I first met him. Who? Oh, do you know Richard? Richard? Oh, I've never actually had the pleasure of meeting him. But oh. boy, let me tell you how many stories I've heard of that guy. <laughs> Should hear the first time anybody inside that whole friend group they ever met me. It was the first time was, wait, how old are you? And then they learn afterwards after I do some uh, very out of age activities. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah, Let's keep yeah. it vague. Well, not only is he getting apartments, but, I mean, we can make it really awkward. Last episode, he came in and talked about how he finally, you know. That's, I, I, 
Yes, I got the call. Yeah. The oh, you day. got the call. I was, I was the brother who got the call the next day. So I, I called him up. I was pretty fresh, I think. I think he came on. Like... I told you first before I told him. What? Yeah. <laughs> the world heard it well, live. Okay. okay. <laughs> I guess blood is not thicker yeah, than water, man. I would be offended if I were you. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's just I your virginity. And and so when I told them, of course, Wes figured out. And then I had to do it on the podcast. I don't. I don't remember how I figured out so quick. It must have been like a Friday, and then Holly or someone came over the next so, day. I just remember them being like, "Oh, I hope you weren't trying to keep that a secret <laughs> because I told Wes." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I was like, because I always ask beforehand. Like, I ask you beforehand, like, what do you really want to talk about? Yeah. Because like I know the for those of you who know the dick skin situation, we kept that know, for the end. We we kept that for the end because we didn't want the whole show to be. About and I actually had a lot of compliments about you as a guest. Yeah. I forgot to tell you. People were very fascinated, not only with you as a person, but um, a lot to do with your the violin work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Which I just that... got back into it. Really? Oh. I just really started playing again. Like, it's something That's right. that re-interests me again. I don't know where. You finally got it out of my apartment. I've been holding yeah. on to it for him for years now. <laughs> So same with my brother's cello and uh, two other violins too. So now I want to get perspective of you since mm. you know we talked to Aiden the mm. first time. So give me a little bit about growing up because you guys both grew up LDS, right? Yes. And then so. you've both separated mm-hmm. from it. So I'm kind of curious your perspective because we're a little bit closer in age, so we mm-hmm. went through a lot of similar things. Did you have a good time growing up in Utah, or do you think that so? It's, a, it's a, honestly a very good question because I recently reflected actually with Aiden on this and just realized that we had vastly different childhoods. <laughs> very, very different based upon just not only are we five years apart, but also just our parents standing and where we were in the church at the time. I left the LDS church um, at about when I was 16, 17. Mm. But growing up in the church wasn't wasn't a bad thing until... And it's, it's not a bad thing. The last thing I ever want to do is diss on the church because, right. honestly, uh, I think that it was very good for me to grow up within the church to a degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, the LDS faith inside Utah is it's vastly different from everywhere else. So, Because, um, yeah, you even got the Jack Mormons that are out of Utah. Yeah. You have the Mormons that won't smoke and drink. The mm-hmm. Mormons that... It's such a... I always tell people, and I mean, for the viewers who've listened to me ramble about this shit for a long time, I apologize, but when you grow up in Utah, not associated with the church at all, like, I mean, I had friends, of course, and, you know, some family dabbled, but it's such an interesting viewpoint to look at how things operate yeah, and how people interact. And I agree with you. I think that the last thing that I really want to do is, you know, diss the church, because in reality, if people are happy and mm-hmm. it gives them like a productive life, more power too. Seriously though, and it's the church, the way that I view it is their basics are just like, hey, just be honest, uh, be faithful to your partner. It's like, be charitable to others, be forgiving, be understanding. Mm-hmm. And it's, honestly, those are great, great, great things to have in life. But it's, it's, um, it's hard to grow up in the church when you are also aware of what the church is like outside of Utah, because yeah. then it's uh, in Utah. It's we call it the Mormon bubble, yeah, uh, because it's just 
toxic as hell well, sometimes. And if you don't get that perspective of even even traveling to a different state just for a vacation, mm-hmm. vacations can be eye-opening. Yeah. You know, if you don't have that perspective, you really do get super blinded by the fact that <laughs> yeah. the world doesn't revolve around certain thoughts. Especially mm-hmm. traveling for longer than a week, so Sunday comes up and your family goes to church outside of where you normally do, you'll mm-hmm. meet a whole bunch of different types of Mormons. And then you're like, oh, wait, but they all believe in the same thing. Why do they... Yeah, why, why do they look like they have more fun? They showing they're, up in Hawaiian yeah. shirts and... They're, they're offering me wine at dinner. Don't yeah. they know that that's a sin? No. It's, no. It's, it's totally different there. Utah is so much more of an image, sadly enough, than everywhere else. It's You have to be perceived as the perfect Mormon to be Mormon when anybody can be LDS, right. in all honesty. Which is kind of a bummer because I think that's what's leading to this. I mean, the numbers are down of yeah. members by yeah. a lot, and they're declining. But it's also sad when I start hearing about people who have like the Mormon-induced anxiety. Christian guilt. Yeah, yeah. Christian guilt. <laughs> yep. You know, where they where they feel like every move they make is wrong oh, and yeah. now they have to deal with a higher power being disappointed, family being disappointed, community being disappointed. Oh, yeah. When in reality, like name one person that's perfect. Exactly. I mean, there's not. My my favorite Christian thing Bale. is Christian Bale. <laughs> I'm fuck you, right? <laughs> you right. No, it's 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 hard because I grew up with a lot of that Christian guilt, with a lot of that Mormon anxiety. And uh, it's it's something that I had to work with for a long time to get rid of. Am I? I don't know if Aiden's told you, but we have the greatest parents on the planet. Yes. Genuinely, they are spectacular. They helped me through all of it. Being LDS, they wanted me to go on the mission and do everything like that, but they never forced me to. Mm -hmm. They never, they never said, hey, we'll pay for things, or hey, we'll buy you a car, or anything like that they're like do you want to go because that's that's the part that's important do you want i'm like no by the time that i was 18 i had already traveled the entire u.s every state three times over oh Uh, yes i mean you're yeah because i was uh with my older brother seth that's right there's a third one Uh, get him here he's the loud one you are the one that projects and can just blow your mind i'm going to state this right now before we go any further there's a hierarchy within our brother (laughs) there's a hierarchy and the viewers might notice it now that they've seen me alone and now they're going to see me and ari together is whenever there's an older brother there the older brother gets to talk the younger brother shut up well, there's, it's weird, there's, but it's true. there's some truth to that, of course. And of course, that's mostly just from like childhood and upbringing. Yeah. Uh, I was actually, you and I were the quieter ones amongst the family for a long time. Yeah. I was throughout my entire childhood, and then Seth forced it out. I wasn't quiet. I was annoying. And then I worked <laughs> no, that into being you were, you were quiet. Then you were annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And then the annoying <laughs> was, you, I, I like to view it as like you're a comedian. You threw enough really bad jokes to knew which jokes landed. Yeah. And just knew, hey, no, okay, I won't talk about that, or that joke is not funny at all. 9 still too soon. Still too soon. <laughs> still too soon. <laughs> still yeah. too soon. Ah, it's like yeah. now. Made a Colorado shooting joke the other day. <laughs> yeah, it was just immediately, it was like, too soon? Not soon enough? Not uh, soon enough. <laughs> now, I, uh, I, I definitely lean towards the fact that there's no such thing as too soon, and that does get me in trouble a lot. <laughs> yeah. One of, my, one of my favorite comedians, well, I don't know if he does anything anymore, was Jesselman. Oh, okay. And I don't know if you guys have dabbled in him, but his whole entire 
ideology is we're just going to offend a lot. Just, you know? It sounds like Dave Chappelle's, like, his new yeah. special where he just insulted everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Joke's talking about how, like, if you stomp on a pregnant lady and it's, like, a two-plus kill, you know, like, a, like really, really just. highly offensive stuff. Yeah. But the whole outlook is, like, some, like, I've always grew up where if things made me uncomfortable, I have to joke about it to finally be comfortable with it. Hell yeah. And, and like, same thing with him. Like, yeah. I remember the, if you guys remember the Boston bombing, like, ten yeah. minutes after that news broke, he said, wow, that really had an explosive ending on Twitter. Oof. Like, you know, like, just, just immediately yeah. into it. Yeah. Hey, wow. And we do have live chat. Still City, thank you for the sub, my guy. Hope you're doing okay. Hey, um, It's a... Uh, I definitely though. I think that tasteless jokes and you know humor those, is relative, and humor is healing. I one hundred percent agree. I think that in all honesty, the moment that you start saying that something's not funny because of the severity of the topic, one, I have choice words to call you that I probably should have on stream. Yeah. But on top of that, it's just you're you're taking it too seriously. I feel it's, you have to be able to take everything with a little grain of salt of, of some humor to it. Now, I do believe humor is healing, but I also do believe it can be one of like the most self-destructive crutches. Sure. Because a lot of people will turn to a lot of things, but humor is kind of one of those ones that you can instantly do. Like, yeah. it's always there. Other people turn to drugs. Sometimes you don't have drugs. Yeah. And But no matter what, you can pretty much just let out a joke. Yeah. I do think, too, that it's... It worries me about our generation and the younger generation where everything is hyper offensive. And, yeah. you know, that, that's a whole discussion on its own, but yeah. I get, I'm super worried that there's going to be this group, like these kids who grow up and comedy just doesn't exist for them. No. Because everything has to be serious. Everything is, you know, nailed down. Like, we can't joke about mm -hmm. that. Like, we can't, we can't say those things. And don't get me wrong, like, I. Yeah. I like to be PC, and I don't like to disrespect people, no, no. but... If I mean, you can't take a joke... I mean, if comedy can't be comedy anymore, I mean, that's that's super scary to me. If you can't take a joke, don't go to the comedy club. Yeah. I hate people who go to, like, comedy places and then get offended. It's like, what did you expect? Man, yeah. I have a whole story about that. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? Let me turn on... Keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, no problem. You might want to just go straight into that story. Do I really? Good boy. Yeah, it's yeah. a really Are we okay good with dipping away from this Mormon conversation? Because yes, please. I'm okay. not sure on white. What color is he Blue looks good like on my skin. Okay, don't look right in it. Okay. okay. There we go. Ah! Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, um, so my brother and I, uh, you know about the violence. You know about everything like that. Yes. Our last name is Preer. Uh, and uh, our, we have family inside the violin making business and everything like that. We have extended family still inside of it. And even our father, he's an architeer, which means he's a bow maker. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, before all this, it was my grandpa who moved to Germany to uh, do the violins. I'm sure you've told this story. I think I will. Yeah, we yeah. dabbled, yeah. Okay, cool. Very quickly. So uh, being raised inside uh, instruments, our parents forced us to play. Mm -hmm. Of course it was, no, nope, you don't get a choice, you get you to. Which I think is not the best way of teaching it, but on the upside, hey, I love my cello. Uh, but um, my brother and I used to do sales trips for my father. We would go out and we would sell violin bows and, vi and violins and all these instruments on the road inside this green, ugly, beat-up minivan 
Uh, and we would travel. That's what I mean by like I've been to every yeah. single state in the continental U.S. Uh, multiple times. It's because we wouldn't would sell them in the... in the state you've been there. Well, yeah, yeah. where people are like, you got to take a shit in the state for you to be we, there. In we the state. we did a mixture. It was either you got to stay a night, you got to have a meal, or you've got to have a serious conversation, or at least some mingling with somebody who's a native there. Mm. Because that way, oh, we those. loved doing that one because that's when you find like the best restaurants and the best spots to hit. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to Texas with their Salt Lake barbecue. Holy crap. Texas is a whole nother beast when it comes to food. Yeah. It's yeah, no, it's it I swear I gained so much weight on that job. It's a weird pride subject with us. It's like our family knows a lot about really good restaurants out of state. Yeah, like in, name any state, my pops could probably tell you. He's like, go to this one. You're gonna have amazing ramen yeah. here. You're gonna have amazing Korean barbecue here. Yeah, and we'll just go through all of them. Now, yeah. I think I asked Aiden this, not to take away from where you're going, but no, it's fine. I'm do, taking a while. Do you think that because you know a lot of people our age, mm-hmm. one of their main goals in life is to travel? Yeah. Everyone always talks about, man, I need to travel. I want to go out of country. Like, I want to see all the states. Mm-hmm. Do you feel now that you've already done that? Does it give you a different desire, or do you still want to be out there like... There, There is something about traveling. Don't get me wrong. I've done that drive from... We would start off in Utah, drive up to Seattle, down to Southern California, up to Arizona, back up to Utah, all the way up to Duluth. We whole gauntlet, the entire thing. We were gone for like six months. At yeah, a time. we would be gone for wow. three weeks at a time, come back for a weekend or maybe a weekend, and fly back out. Not six months at a time, but you guys would be gone for like... Oh, we six were, months. You were gone for a total of and six months a year. Like, yeah. um, but to answer your question, I still want to travel mm. so much. There's definitely still that traveling, and revisiting places is definitely holds a lot more of that nostalgia, that comfort with it. Because again, we've been to restaurants and we've made a lot of friends right. being out there. We were out there during the like the apex of Pokemon Go, which that have been fun as shit. I won't lie. Some of the best people I ever met, we just met walking down the street, playing Pokemon Go. Shout out to Rochester, New York for that one, too. Uh, <laughs> and just, like, constantly meeting new people and doing different things. One of my favorite stories is some guy, we went to this park in Raleigh, uh, I want to say North Carolina? Maybe South Carolina. One of the Carolinas. I apologize, Carolina. Um, <laughs> one of them. One of them. Like Anyways, like North and we, South there's this park in the middle, and we were hanging out there, and I just remember... We were talking to a whole bunch of people, and somebody screams Snorlax on one side, and it's like 200 plus people just rush to one side of the park to to get it. And that was it's. I've I I remember walking over there. And it's like this is the nerdiest, best moment for Pokemon people, players, anything. I feel bad for anyone who didn't get to experience at least something in the realm of Pokemon Go because oh, yeah. it was That's like the late end of it, but yeah. I was there. Did I remember like the first like when it like everyone was doing it? Yep. We were going out to all the parks like Sugar House Park and yep. like dude just mobs, mm-hmm. mobs and mobs of people all dressed up, everyone having a good time. It was like one of those moments where you're like, all right, we can really put aside all of our differences if there's yeah. a fucking Mewtwo hanging out. And my favorite thing <laughs> was just like how everyone's getting active. Yeah, people were walking around. Yeah. People who were haven't seen sunlight and. Dude, and months? the hustlers were out too. Oh yeah, I saw, this was the best. So Mills Park is just right up the street from here, mm-hmm. and if you walk around with Pokemon Go, there's a couple stops, and there's yeah. you know Pokemon that spawn all over the place. When it was at its peak, there was hundreds of people. 
yeah. walked around the park. This dude modded his golf cart into a snow cone machine. Yes. And he would just ride up to people, hey, dollar for a snow cone, dollar for a snow cone. And like me being like interested in business, I was like, how much, how well do you do? And he's like, do you want to see? And I'm like, yeah. And this dude like has like a money, like yeah. a bank deposit yeah. little thing and he opens it, wads, like five, ten, hundred, just like wads. I'm like, how much have you made? And he's like, uh, I'm like 38, 4,800 over the past like two weeks. Whoa. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, he's just raking in the dough. Got on top of it, though. It's yeah. really all about who can do it first. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's about seeing trends and hopping on it. Yeah. Anyway, so while Seth and I were out traveling during this time, uh, we stopped by in L.A. to see one of our friends that we knew in high school. And uh, we just happened that night. He's like, hey, Dan, Dane Cook and a whole bunch of other people are doing this kind of underground showing at this comedy club. Do you want to go? And we're like, that sounds like the janky-ass shit that we want to be a part of. Yeah. Part of my French. Uh, and so we went there, and I saw, I saw a lot of comedians that now I look back, and I'm like, you weren't big at the time. Like, you you got really big and all like that. Oh, and sadly so enough, no names are coming to mind, but they have, like, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, Netflix specials and everything. And I'm like, I saw them in person. Holy crap. That's cool. But one of my favorite stories was I was this dorky, still kind of LDS little boy uh, under the age of 21. So, of course, I got the little wristband mm-hmm. that says that I can't drink. And um, they... They have this one comedian, and she's up there, and she's this bigger, uh, darker-skinned woman, and she just, she's so funny. She's just, like, nailing every single joke. I'm laughing my head off, and I'm in the front row with my brother. Like, she's spitting on us. Everyone's <laughs> spitting on us. And she stopped three times throughout the entire thing, pointed at me and go, son, I'm going to sit on your face. You're laugh. And I'm like, what? It's just like, it's just like immediately turned bright red. I'm like, uh, okay. And then afterwards, she's just like, can I get your number? And I'm like, no. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so uh, embarrassed. They then decided to keep up with it. The owners of the actual club walked up and had me come on stage. And they're like, you want to take a shot? And I'm like, I'm like 17. I, I can't. I when can't you do don't show the wristband anymore. Well, no, yeah, at the time, at the time, this is again a difference in our childhood. Was I was still kind of LDS. I was still definitely by 17. On, I was way out of it. I was definitely still on the fence. And so uh, I just sat there. and I'm like, oh, I can't religion. And they're like, Oh, is that the only thing? And I'm like, I'm also 17. I mean, like, you could lose your liquor license right now uh, if there's a cop in here. Yeah, you could. Anyways, so we go on, and they're like, all right, we're going to have you freestyle. And I'm like, oh, I'm my God. Whitest I look so, so Jewish? Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was before, um, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm little like, Dicky was even a thing or anything like that. When, oh, when just little, about to say it. I was yeah. like, I'm like a little Dicky that can't rap. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> and I've got this big old fro going on because my hair used to be a lot more poofy yeah. back then. And I've got these weird little glasses and everything. And so, like, they get a beat going, and I'm sitting there in front of this entire crowd of people, and all I say was, let me take you out to get a pasta dinner or something like that, and just, like, <laughs> tried to keep it rhyming and started mumbling, and then I just sat there, and I'm like, no, fuck it. And just, like, <laughs> threw it over and then walked off, and I was like, screw it, sorry. I'm sorry, guys. No, I can't. And they're like, well, okay, how about you take a shot out of this woman's breasts? And I'm like, did we not have this conversation just a moment ago? And then the woman... Who's sitting there? She's just like, it's okay, honey. I'm Jewish, and it's like, 
Yeah, okay. I'm like, where does that come? What? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, I, I did bring up religion. You're right. Okay, fine. Okay. Did well, you take a shot? No. Come on. Dude, I was, we, it was in public, and they legitimately could lose their liquor license for okay. serving a minor. I don't care about their liquor so, license. So, okay, I'm, I'm curious about this. So you, when did you start doing, when did you start traveling to do, like, sales? Um, at about the age of 15. Yeah. Do you think that traveling and seeing the world may have led to you leaving the church because you became more cultured and no, saw more perspectives? I definitely do. Hmm. It's it's I had I had a real I call it a coming to God moment, but it wasn't that. It was the exact opposite. It was a coming to me going, oh fuck. That oh pardon. You can language. swear. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah oh, oh fuck apologize. shit. Con, I don't know. Whatever okay, you want to cool. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't okay, worry dude. about it. <laughs> Don't worry, just sitting there beforehand, he's like, you <laughs> can't swear. And I'm like, and I'm like, all right, man, no, we're totally going to get into this. God, it's all like, multiple times I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'll let it slip every once in a while. No, but it's please. like, yeah. Fucking trolling. I want to see how long you would swear. Holy fuck. <laughs> Anyways, and so, um, no, it's, I remember going to church one time, because I, I was, at this point in time, I was 18 or so, and I, I just was not religious anymore. I had no interest in going to the church. Not that I have anything against it, but it's just like, hey, um, I like sex, and I also like alcohol, and I have all these other things that I want to do, or at least I was starting to get into. And it really came down to, I walked into church one day, and this was the moment where I'm like, oh man, I'm one of those Mormons. I was one of those Mormons. And I saw this girl in very, very tight clothing, very, very revealing clothing at an LDS church. And... If you know Utah, LDS faith, it's like... You better have a bonnet on, Yeah, it's yeah. your modest. No. And the first thing that came to my mind was like, God, that's so disrespectful. And I'm sitting there, I'm like... And then I sat there, and I'm like, why though? Why did I think that? It's just like, sat there, and I talked to Seth, and Seth was like, dude, it's, what if that's the only dress she had? Or something like that. I was like, why does it matter? I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh shit! I'm one of those, and that's why I had to sit there and go, "All right, no, I'm. I gotta get rid of all this juice, all, all of this gross crap in me." And so after that, we continued traveling until I was about 20, 21, actually. Mm. Continued doing the sales, uh, and just after that, it became a lot easier to see other people's perspectives and a lot of other people's ways of life and. Just because you have tattoos, or you drink, or you smoke, or you do any of these things doesn't mean you're a bad person in the least. Right. It's it's the belief that those things make you bad is what makes the LDS faith here so unbearably toxic. Yeah, it's it's extremely toxic, and it's such a bummer, too, because I think that there would be less of a disconnect between non-members and members if that was the perspective. It was Seriously. Like, yeah, like, because you... You always hear it, right? You hear it from a lot of members who are like, "Oh, we don't care if you do those things," mm -hmm. but it they do. Yeah, they, they do. They do, and it and they immediately will have the response of like, hey, "That's we the probably facade shouldn't that I see of non-judgment from Mormons here, because it, it does. It honestly, it, it is a thing where they're just like, they can be both the least judgmental and the most judgmental people. Yeah, seriously though. Yeah, it's really weird because you'll either hear like, "Oh, I don't care. I don't care if you drink. I don't care if you yeah. smoke. I just want you to come to church and, and yeah." And you know what? I guess we do have to do some ju some justice because we're gonna talk about one side. We gotta talk about the other side. My oldest friend is LDS, buried in a church. He's a missionary, served in Malaysia and Singapore. 
And good guys. He went to the bar with me last weekend. The guy is he didn't drink at all or anything like that. Yeah. But he sat there and he's like, he's totally understanding, one hundred percent willing to let me live the life that I live, and for that it's one hundred percent it's why he's my best friend. I think a lot of it is and <laughs> I, I I really don't like you know, talking about like age means a certain thing. Yeah. It's a lot of the older generation of the yeah. church. Yeah. A lot of us a lot of people our age who are in the church, they're like they grew up with friends because it's a lot more it's not as rare to have yeah. non LDS members around you. So a lot of their friends are either not members. Yeah. A lot of the LGBTQ community yeah. have friends that are in the church and like, nothing's wrong with this person. No. Why do we think this way? And the internet you know, exists. The internet exists. You have, I think that's why the their members world. are dwindling though. Because all the younger members, all the kids, they'll have that classmate who is gay. Yeah. And then they're just like, but he's not a bad guy. No, that's no. just that's Joe. That's Sarah. That's yeah. not. He's yeah, not it's the a way they like to live their life. Joe. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? It's, it's, let them be them. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Here in the church, oh, he's not allowed to come into the church. It's like, oh. Yeah. I, I really do foresee, and I've talked about this a lot, I do foresee them. I mean, they're already in the process of backpedaling, mm-hmm. but it's going to continue to the point where they just accept. Because, like, you can't. It's hard, and my only problem with that is, so, like, for a great portion of my childhood, I believed strongly in the gospel. Yeah. And so now that I have this entire background, or at least knowledge of it, I sit there and I reflect on it. It's like, they always said that it's a sin. Yeah. There will always be a sin. And that God is the same God throughout all of time. So if the church comes out and says, hey, no, it's actually not a sin anymore. Or, hey, no, you can do these things. It's totally okay. It's like, where, when did... Who decided? Yeah, it's, it's Who the decided message. that? Yeah. It's the message from God. I mean, that, you know, it. I think one of the things that I learned in an early age where I was like, ooh, yikes, was, you know, the African Americans and priesthood. I mean, that, oh, yeah, the that 80s. Didn't, yeah, that was the 80s before they were like, yeah, I guess that's okay. We can go back even farther. Imagine being Catholic when Copernicus comes out saying, you know what? The earth is not the center of the universe. <laughs> and that, he got and this, murdered. Yeah. He got <laughs> killed. He legitimately got, got killed. And then imagine the church backpedaling on that saying, oops, we messed up. <laughs> I like to think that conversation happened like he told like some like guy. He's like, no. Yeah. He's like, Listen here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> How dare you? You know, he just loses his shit. Yeah. Freaks out. He's like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying, like, we're just no. not the sinner. And he's like, this has here. got nothing to do with religion. <laughs> this is Listen here, brother. I'm astronomical going, bodies. I'm going to the government. <laughs> um, Go Eagle says, we're dude in the home. green looks like Chris Pontius. Say it again. This Go Eagles in the chat says, dude in the green looks like Chris Pontius. Who's Chris Pontius? Jackass. Oh! oh. I'll take it. I saw in the chat this dude saying Aiden, Ari, he asked if the third brother's name was Aaron. Oh, no. We do have a story, though, where everyone in the family did have an A name at a certain point other than our oldest brother, Seth. Even then, they contemplated naming him Asher uh, because they wanted everybody to have an A name. Okay. And then my mom was like, that's a bad idea. That's such a Utah thing. You Asher, can't do yeah, that. No. That's, a, no. that's a tough name to dabble yeah, in. Yeah, and the Asher. State. I mean, like, they've already got an Ari. Trust yeah. me, childhood they, was interesting with they that They thought name. they were completely original with Aiden, which yeah. surprised me. They <laughs> thought they were completely original with the, that. The variants of that name, Aiden, Jaden, Caden, Raiden, uh, Hayden, Hayden, uh, uh, Caden. I met a Tayden. Uh, Tatum. Tayden. Yeah. 
<laughs> Utah has some of the weirdest names. Bikes are some it's, of the weirdest names. What's what sucks the most is they can be totally normal names, but they have to feel spelled. so unique with it that it's spelled it's like Madeline with three Y's. It's like 45, where's the third? Yeah. The forty-five different ways to spell Caitlin in Utah. Oh, oh my god! No. Yeah, forty-five, and I've seen. And they're all offended that you spell it the other way, and right? And I'm like, sitting there, I'm like, can't keep up with this. I'm like, get over it. There's four L's in this Caitlin's name. I don't even know where the first one is. Um, what's up, Iron Chef? And then Salty Frank says, I made my Sunday school teacher mad as a child, asking if Adam and Eve had belly buttons. Huh. There were times where I'd ask my Sunday school teachers hard questions like that, and that's really where my personal beliefs started, you know, crumbling, was when I was asking, like, oh, what if God drank wine? That is in the Bible. Well, that is in the Jesus drank wine. No, Jesus. So why is no? You're right on the money with it. It's Jesus drank wine. So why is it a sin in the LDS faith if Jesus, a perfect personage, a person who never sinned, drank wine, drank alcohol? Now, why is it conceived as the only reasoning I ever heard for it? And as a kid, I instantly called bullshit on it. Was oh, the wine back then wasn't alcoholic. And I was like, bullshit, we've been worse. making alcohol since day one. It's, it's, there's a okay. huge, yeah, there's a huge belief that it's legitimately alcohol is what drove us into yeah. civilization. Psychedelics and alcohol. Yeah. yeah. I truly believe it's, in that. I genuinely actually do believe yeah. in that as well. But it's, it's there's, there's a lot of questions that I asked. And I mean, like, my family has received a lot of hate. A lot of hate from the LDS faith because my mom would actively question people. Like she would go up in front of the congregation of all the women or at the yeah. teachers and everything. She'd ask these questions and they would ask her to leave. Wow. Not and by ask, I mean like you don't belong here. Passively, to aggressively, like verbally assault her. It it was it was awful. That's, that's what, what led my mom to leave the church. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I never understood. And I mean, I understand it from. Like my mind, like a business standpoint of mm-hmm. like keeping members in to make money, you know, you're told not to oh, research. Yeah. You're told not to go on the internet and look stuff up. You're told mm-hmm. not to ask too many questions. Yep. And you know, growing up in a household where it was like ask whatever you want, whenever you want, I was confused when I would ask. Like when I started coming to my own and understanding like what religion was, and yeah. I, you know, of course, I was like, well, why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. And then I would talk to people and be like, oh, okay, well, can you explain this? And like. And I'm like, but why? or they just simply don't have an answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, cool. Well, do you want to look it up? And it'd be like, uh, no. And I'm fine. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure there's plenty of LDS members who could tell you every nook and cranny. Oh, 100 percent. At yeah. the same time, like, it, and it sucks because it turns into like defensive co- conversations when you start asking questions. When in reality, Which it's more curiosity. Most of them who can do that are ex Mormons because. Yeah. Uh, sorry, ex-missionaries. Oh, yes. Because that's kind of a missionary's job, it's... is to go out and have people ask that hard-hitting question mm-hmm. and for them to explain it through the, the Book of Mormon. I've, I, I won't lie, I've always had a respect for missionaries. I actually oh, yeah. have sister mission. I ask the missionaries if they want a meal, they can always come over. And I've had the sister missionaries and the other missionaries come over, have drinks, non-alcoholic, of course. Yeah. But it's just like, I've had them over, I've drinking. sat them down, and they've given their message. And when I sit there, I'm like, hey, just make it a really ambiguous, vague message. And they'll yeah. be like, try to be charitable. And I'm like, cool, Thanks. awesome. No, I can do that. But I, it's, and the reason is because it's a hard job. Yeah. 
it's religion is hard to sell I've especially done, today i've done door-to-door sales in neighborhoods where there was this no shit i was doing um security systems yeah. in texas in a neighborhood mm-hmm. we heard gunshots and it was still hard to sell security systems yeah so i couldn't imagine going and actually knocking doors and be like hey you want to talk about religion? Yeah, this thing that you base your entire life on yeah. or some people legitimately dive headfirst into. You want to question all of that and think about what we have to offer? And I mean, people who converted a lot of individuals. And I'm yeah. like, good for you. Yeah, good seriously. for you. And then the funniest thing about my Texas venture doing door-to-door sales is one of the first days this guy gets up. And you can tell there's a specific company in Utah that has a so-and-so bro is kind of like their salesmen. They're like bro types. And you can tell, and we won't name the company because like it's, they're really rich, powerful, and scary. Yeah, I was about to say, if it's who I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And he gets up and he looks like the most Chad, alpha, quietly cut guy that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he's all like, what's up, bro? but he was what's really good. What's, what's up, bro? He, he killed it in the sales, but he stood up and he's like, all right, how many of you are return missionaries? Yeah. And like five or six kids kind of like. Yeah. And they're like, y'all are going to do great. I'm not going to have to teach you anything. Just go sell. Yep. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And they're like, what? And then like two weeks in, these kids are like, got two sales today. I got three sales. And I'm like, you fuckers. You pieces <laughs> of peace. It's because the hardest thing, and sales has always been the same, at least the sales for me, has always been bridging that gap between what you need, what I can offer, and then uh, building a relationship upon that. A, just a friendship is what most people are actually looking for. So when I, I used to manage the violin shop for yeah. a little while, and that was the best sales job yeah. on the planet. I used to sell cars. I used to sell uh, security systems. I used oh, to shit. sell solar panels. I used to sell a lot of things. Uh, and violins, things that range up to multi-millions, it's, uh, we had some really high-name six-digit stuff there i i can't give more information than that on the internet but it's like they were not as difficult to sell because one you're working with people's passions a person walks in and they're they're a professional they're a uh, college student they're a high schooler going into college and they're looking for an upgrade and it's like all right what you're looking for is a ten thousand dollar instrument you genuinely are and then we're going to spend two thousand dollars on the bow and then about a grand on all the other stuff Plan on spending thirteen bucks, and that's that was the low end stuff for college students. Yeah. Yeah. College students were looking upwards of forty thousand dollars. And anyone thinking of going, you know, all Ocean's Eleven on a violin shop, thinking there's good money in there, you don't keep the six digit items in the shop. No, no. and imagine trying to sell it anywhere. <laughs> they have for every single instrument in there, they have a pedigree. They have paper trails of where it's come from who made it and where it's going and whose hands it's been in. So if you were to steal something and then try to sell it somewhere else, the community is also close-knit enough. They'd sit there and go, hey, uh, yeah, this person just came in here. Did you have this Galliano? Right, right. Did you sell it to him? Yeah, yeah. Did you take it in for appraisal? Yeah, yeah. Call the cops. Yeah, we had that stolen last week. And just be like, okay, cool. Well, I I imagine, too, when it's like these six-figure items, I'm sure there is a short list of people who immediately get called who might be interested. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, guys, here's my sales pitch on this six. It's taking it out on the street. You know what you want. Oh, look at this. 
for those instruments for sure but uh, for for everything else underneath most people when they come in especially beginners are looking at spending about hopefully at around a grand and if you can buy it a thousand dollar violin for your first instrument you're killing it yeah you're killing it most people get on ebay and buy the fifty dollar ones and then they come in the amount of times i've had to sit there and go this is plywood. This right. Isn't, this isn't even maple <laughs> or spruce. This isn't made from the right materials. This, this is the firewood. I legitimately I can't tune this because it just won't stay because the materials. It's like you have to spend more money. Yeah. You'll return this. Uh, so Bieber has a couple things in chat. She says, wow, your mom got some balls on her. I think I would like her a lot, LOL. Oh, um, she's a character. At this point, if someone told me I couldn't have coffee or tea, I would tell them to kindly fuck off. <laughs> True. Right? And that's, then, that's the new Jack Mormon in Utah. Are the, are the guys who or, drink tea and coffee. Yeah. Those are the Energy Jack drinks. They just allowed Sin. Coca-Cola to be <sighs> sold at the BYU Provo campus like two years ago. Still oh, no, really? Mountain yeah, Dew. no Mountain Dew. No Mountain Dew. No, that's just Coke and Dr. Pepper. If we can see through that drink, that's from the devil. You're right. Then <laughs> <laughs> water. Um, and then I agree. Handmade instruments are art. That continue to make more art. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's... it's the worst thing you can do with a violin is not play it. Yeah. yeah, it's to put it and just showcase it. Violins, because of the material being used, you have to play it. So I'm curious because I don't know. Sadly, and you know, you talked about being forced into you know playing instruments at yeah. a young age. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish I was because now that I'm older, I don't have. I can't read sheet music. Yeah, I can't pick up any instrument, understand how it works. And it's a long path to be able to yeah. like learn those things now because yeah. you know we're busy as adults and it's yeah. how am I going to find an hour every two days to go and learn? But Seriously, how, how I personally plan on doing it because I'd say me and Cindy, you guys were kind of pushed into it, you guys, but then you guys learned to love it and mixture. And it kind of fell off. It's it's we hated it. Yeah. Me and my two other siblings that are around my age, we hated doing our instruments. But the thing is, going back and looking over it, I now am coming back to those instruments and saying, like, oh, wow, I had actually a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's the like nostalgia? Well, it's not only that, but it's like you hear a violin inside a song, and they're like, man, I think I could play that. Mm. And then you pick it back up, and you're like, yeah, I could play that by ear, and that's a lot of fun. Yeah. But if I could ever do it like with my inside. kids or anything like that, I'd just be like, learn how to learn, read sheet music, learn mm-hmm. music theory, that is... and then you can pick your own instrument from mm-hmm. that point. Because if I could ever do it, I'd be like, I'd love to learn the guitar and then pick up the banjo. Yeah. That's but what I was going to ask is, yeah. since you guys are in the in this world, mm-hmm. have you seen, like, I mean, what's her name? Lindsay Sterling? Lindsay Sterling, yeah. She's, like, one of the most yeah, famous violinists. comes into the shop. Yeah. Oh. It's my grandpa sold to her. Yeah. It's, so everybody knows, uh, it's, I, I don't think it's probably, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my grandpa. You talked about that. Yeah, yeah. My grandpa's Peter Preer, and yeah. he... Um, moved from Germany uh, when he was 17, spoke only three words in English, and that was chocolate and hot dog. And uh, Utah. That's all you need. That's all he knew. Past that, ich spreche die Deutsch, but which I brutalized that. We know German. We can act like we do. Yeah, yeah, we can sell it, but no. Anyways, but he moved over, started up the violin making school and the shop. And the school's still running. It's uh, its own privatized. It's the only private violin making school on the planet. Yeah, wow. It's the only one in the Western Hemisphere that teaches varnish making from legit 
compounds that you mix together. Everyone else is just like, no, dude, just go buy a varnish. And they're like, no, that's you're losing a whole art there. Yeah, that is wow. something that people do. And then on top of that, it's... And that's, that's a huge thing. Because I'll walk into the shop nowadays and I'll just see all the violins hanging up. I'm like, yep, this is on its sixth run through the varnish. We have about 11 more to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how long did that take? They're like, oh, about six months. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy Christ. Yeah. I think that's the... How? Hearing stuff like that is so awesome because I think that there is a, a part of art that's dying and that is like the small details because everyone yeah. is so... Like, we can pick, like, instruments are now used to make music, but like yeah. the building process of instruments. For example, this is completely different, but I love... Forging, like I love watching forging and like swordsmithing oh, yeah. and, and stuff like uh, that. Uh, forged and fire. Yeah, 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 I watch yeah. a ton of that, man. You know, and I, when that show came out, I was like, because even at a young age, I was a nerd and playing mm-hmm. video games. Like, mm-hmm. Blacksmithing, that'd be oh, so yeah. cool, right? Um, but like watching, there's still people in Japan who do it the same exact way mm-hmm. that humans learned how to do it the first were. time. Yeah, and like their swords, like they'll make a katana from literally hammering metal you know for like thousand four two three years yeah and it's just this beautiful handcrafted piece that is like a one of a kind same thing with your guys' stuff yeah. like it's this beautiful handmade from top to bottom and i think that that's an art in a lot of fields that sadly is probably not going to be around for much longer well it's it's interesting with violin making because i don't think it's going to disappear anytime soon but at the same point of time there is just a less interest yeah. in doing yeah. it it's it's but we are getting when Business I managed did go it, up during quarantine though, just because I think a lot of instruments had that same yeah. like deal as well, just because got a lot of free time. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah so a lot sense. of people picked up. You know, you got your stimmies in the mail, so yeah. I mean, like, you're like, hey man, I got that extra twelve the first time, then six, then fourteen. You're like, hey man, I can buy some pretty yeah okay beginner level stuff with this. And the shame with that is. When people oftentimes buy uh, uh, instruments, it's they just sit on the counter for yeah. forever. And don't get me wrong, people get busy. It sure. makes complete sense. I had to stop playing my cello as soon as I entered college. It's I just didn't have the time for it. Cello? I picked up Seth's cello. Oh, okay, yeah. that's cool. I, he and played so, violin. I played violin and viola and piano you did. and cello and double we bass. We all played and, a little bit of everything. Yeah, we moved around a lot. Specialized. But uh, I, I got into cello just before I went to college and then... Does that, wait, does that make sense? Seth done with the cello? No, Seth's got a Peter Preer original. Yeah, that thing goes for like $50,000. One of the siblings that actually, you know, got... Really, really good with his instrument. And yeah, now we can all. My my grandpa had a rule: you have to practice your instrument for ten years before I make you one. Wow! Because then I can see your devotion to it, and I can put you in one. That's, and a cello, That's so fucking. Cool. And it's yeah. And when Peter was alive, his instruments went for twenty thousand dollars. A violin would go for that much. He would spend what three to four weeks on one, then pump that out, and that's. That's a violin. Cello, those take about six months, right? Uh, for a master, about yeah. a month. Uh, for a beginner, three years. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a master's. You you know the wood. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. I wasn't but, there. There was a guy at the shop. I don't think he worked there anymore. Hmm. But Peter and everyone in the shop just respected him because the man could make a violin in half the time anybody else could. Oh, yeah. And he could make it well. Yeah. But it's, he could just make it in half the time. And he I don't, was just... I can't give any names because yeah, I, I don't want to yeah, yeah, butcher no. the name too. No, that's but good. it's uh, I believe he's in California. 
So that's what he's doing. He, he, he used to once. call me a lot when I worked there because he was like, hey, man, I'm, I found this thing. Are you guys interested in this event? And I'm like, let me go talk to the higher ups, dude. Yeah, why not? It's like so, I, had, I had money power, but I didn't have instrument high-end purchasing power. Yeah. I did not have that. So does your family own the business still? Mm -hmm. At this point, you do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my father, my uncle, and a business partner bought out Peter Greer and Sons. Okay. And so they're doing it there now, and it's great because a family has always owned it. Yeah. Uh, it's not always been managed by family. And so uh, now that it's back in family hands, uh, before COVID, they got some rocky shores. There's some real, real, real hard times. But they fixed it up. New management. It's my dad. He's freaking killing it. He's Good. fucking incredible, guys. If you're in Utah and you're interested, just to go look. Yeah, I... They're more than happy to have people come in. Give them a call first. Make sure that they're open and make sure their hours are good, but... There you go. I mean, I would love to go personally. It's a oh, yeah. fun little shop, honestly, to walk in. It's kind of like, it's a weird, it's a weird different area of Salt Lake. Because you're walk down Salt Lake where it's, there's a lot of homeless. It's really kind of yeah. a little edgy. And then out of nowhere, just this nice little quaint shop with a statue of a man building a violin in the front. Mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, Holtz, Hotz, I believe. It's a famous uh, German maker. Uh, they have one mural, other too, one. Right? No, that's uh, that's Amadi and Stradivari. Uh, but that one, Holtz, that's his name. Uh, he was a famous maker in Germany in Mittenwald, and it is a sister statue made in Germany because my grandpa graduated in Germany, yeah. and it's the only other one besides the one in Germany, and they are sister uh, statues. Wow. And then right, yeah, right next to the wall, there's a massive mural that's been up for 60 years now that is getting tagged now. Yeah. It's never been touched. No one's ever touched it because it's it's legitimate art. Yeah. And then now they're... Like, I get tagging if it's a blank wall. Sure. But if street there's a mural... Beautiful. But Fuck if it's like you. a mural... For you like, don't cover street. No. Like, you don't cover already done art. Like, no. That's like... Anybody who's got any integrity wouldn't do it. Yeah. Not at all. But like I'm, 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 I love street art, and I yeah. love like oh blank canvases that get covered in street art. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, but or just like a subway wall. Hell? Yeah, yeah. I fill it up with something. Go for it. Seriously though. But it's like for something like that that's been around for 60, 70 plus years. Where if you if you go on a tour bus in Utah, they'll stop you at it to the point of where the shop has insurance on the mural. It's just like why would you tag it up? Why yeah, would you do that? That's Anyways, um, so okay, where did your grandpa learn the process? Is it something that he created, or was it something that was taught to him by? Well, he was taught. He was taught in Mittenwald, in Germany. Wow, in Germany. Uh, did that for a number of years. His parents uh, could not afford it. He was going to a. He got a full ride scholarship to a, um, a prestigious, prestigious. Uh, uh, Music school, I believe, in I always get Bavaria and Bulgaria mixed up. Um, I know, right? Anyways, he got a prestigious thing. He went for a he went for ten days and then rode the train back and said, "Nah, not my thing. I'm not a player. I mm. can't play." But he met a gentleman on the on the train ride home who was a luthier, uh, a violin maker, and fell in love with that passion he was like wow. that's what i want to do and so his mom was like well you had a full ride scholarship and you know you were born in 1942 
which was a rough time to be great. born in. Yeah, he yeah. was a refugee for a great portion of his life. Wow. Uh, completely because they grew up in an area which is now Poland. That's where the borders were. And yeah. so the Polish completely drove him and his family out of yeah. their homes. And they had to hide in villages. And on the way home, and if they were caught because, little known fact, his father was a Nazi. Uh, he was a part of the... Um, so it was everybody at the time. And, yeah. and if you read any of his journals, he did not believe in it. And he was in charge of just taking care of the horses. That was his entire job. And uh, he, but he had like the uniform and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because the Thatchers have a whole bunch of Jewish blood in them. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, the other side of our family, uh, Nazis. And so Jeez, I, we, Nazi I genuinely believe. In my room. What? I have the Nazi gas mask. Screw you. Yeah, because I, I went, <laughs> Grandma's moving out of her place. I got the stamps. I got the Hitler stamps. Uh, Grandpa yeah. Peter had a stamp collection. I now have like three books. Stamps yeah. ranging from 1940s I've seen all to... those. Who gave you those? Grandma. That's... She was just like, I don't want them. You want them? Okay, here you go. Oh, man. Gave them to me, so I'm getting them appraised soon. I was going to say, you have a fucking piece of history. Yeah. yeah. No, that is really cool. Yeah. It's... Yeah, but they didn't know that, uh, uh, Peter didn't know that his father was dead. His whole family didn't know that his father died at war for three years until they found his name in a mass burial grave site. Wow. And so, and yeah, it's... It was insane, but uh, it, Germany, man. It's cool to Germany, hear. It's, it's cool to hear. Like you guys know so much about your family's history because, to be honest with you, I mean, we get that a lot in Utah because like genealogy and stuff, but we don't. I don't hear unique stories honest, like this. It's not interesting. Like, yeah. It's just like, yeah, my parents were a pioneer. I'm like, oh, I've heard that story five times. Yeah. It's, it's the amount of times. Again, working in the violin shop, I get told, hey. Uh, yeah, my, my great-great-grandmother carried this violin with her across the plains and everything like that. Can we get it appraised? And I look at it, I'm like, it's not worth the repairs. The repairs are going to be $4,000. And this is a Or like really a crack cheap. right through the sound post. And at that no, point, you're just like... Just on the back. Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, at that point in time, you're like, it's, it's, this is a cool instrument. It's The name it's cool on it is fantastic. That's it. It's a cool art piece. It's not. It, we legitimately can't repair it. So, do so. you? Do either of you have like a desire to one day be the one who runs the store? I'd love. I'd love to honestly learn that trade further in. I have a bunch of other like desires. Uh, at this point, I'm honestly going to Arizona to learn to be an electrician, yep. getting my electrician's ticket. Yep. After that, I'd love to go to Australia, uh, learn my butcher's trade. Um, and then after that, I'd love to go. I kind of want to be this weird. Uh, what's his name? Who's the guy who drew the Mona Lisa? Do you want to be a Renaissance man? No, it's just like Da Vinci was. You know how he kind of did a little bit of everything. That's He's a jack of all trades. That's a Renaissance man. I can yeah, love that's, to be a that's the term yeah. for it. Yeah. I'd love to just kind of do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so I told I told Dad that I was like I'd love to come back when I was like forty. You and know, just pick it up, just learn. You know, he totally lets you do. Yeah, I know he would. He really genuinely would. And just remember, don't let people shit on you with the quote. You know, the quote, the jack of all trades is not a master of one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People forget that that's not the, that's that's not the, the quote. quote. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, uh, uh, better than seize a the day uh, from Caesar or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's not the full quote <laughs> at all. We he really goes farther into it about how... It's the complete opposite. He's like, unless this or this or this or this. Yeah. It's completely different. Or my least favorite one that people love to quote is, uh, curiosity killed the cat. But 
I think it's persistence brought it back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. people like to really just take those little uh, nice parts of the quotes. Yeah, right. And then it's almost as if, yeah, yeah, finding small things and choosing and picking things and, and making it their truths. And Weird. It's as if we live in a community of that. Like huh. uh, Abraham Lincoln once said, uh, don't believe everything you see on the internet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the, the Gettysburg. Yeah. yeah. At, at the Gettysburg yeah. Address. Yeah. Afterwards. Four yeah. score and seven years ago. Oh, fuck. Nah, nah. <laughs> Sorry, I typed this one out wrong. Uh, <laughs> Or my Samsung. Yeah, he's my, on my Samsung. My, my Google Notes will not open. <laughs> on, on my son of Samuel. Uh, <laughs> now it. The song of Samuel. Samsung. So the you. The sound of silence. You mentioned that you were in. You are in college, or you went to college. I went to college. Yep, up to Utah State. And what did you go for? Uh, journalism. Oh. I wanted to be a writer. Oh. I wanted to continue tra uh, traveling. So sorry. I wanted to do photography and all of these different things. I got into it 2016 when Trump was elected into office. And I'm not going to get into politics, mm -hmm. as is a good salesman's rule. Yeah. But uh, during that point of time, uh, journalism was really, really, really... It's just bad, bad, bad place for me mentally. It was immediately everybody is taking a victim mindset. They're like, now he's going to ruin the economy, he's going to do this. And don't get me wrong, I'm not Team Orange Man. Yeah. I am not that team at all. I'm also not Team Biden. I'm yeah. actually kind of an independent. But, uh, but I sat there and it's just like, it would suck because we would get pulled away from the class, from the lesson, every single time. Because someone had a question about how Trump is the devil incarnate. And I'm like, people were saying the same thing about Obama. Yeah. People are saying the same thing about Bush. People are saying the same thing about Biden. It's it's never ending. It's, it's no. It's it's the problem with a two party system. It's that's a, what it is. It's a machine that's not going to stop unless we change up our our systems. We uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing is like because I I'm also independent. I've always voted independent the mm -hmm. times that I've been able to, and I I don't base my my vote on. If I'm affiliated or anything like that, I yeah. guess my vote on who I think would be the best president. One hundred, you know, yeah. and I, I don't know if that's just like, which is the issue with the public defining themselves as yeah. a party. It's yes, you can have a party that's set up, but a separate person. You cannot be a Republican or a Democrat. You can be somebody who supports this person within a Republican or Democratic party. You cannot personally be a Republican or a Democrat. Mm. That's what. I, that's how I see it. Yeah, keep going. I'm going to turn the lights on. Oh, yeah, you go right for it. Well, I mean, like, the struggle with that constantly mm -hmm. is, and the one thing that I found was the problem with politics and the voting system was well, some people voted a certain, yeah, we're going to get into politics. <laughs> somebody, somebody would vote one way because they want the other person not to get into office. And yeah. I'm like, that's not why you vote. No. You vote for who you think should go in. I personally voted for Jorgensen. She's a little weird. She's a, right, yeah, right? I She's a little Jorgensen. strange. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm a little bit more libertarian. But at the same point of time, I sit there, I'm like, but I also believe that each side has their warrant, has their merits towards it. Do you know and how many times I got shit on for voting Ooh. for Jorgensen? Because, like, both right. sides came in. That's a throwaway vote. Yeah, it's like, you know, the amount of times I got shit on for not voting because I said to myself, I am not educated enough on this. I do not trust my vote. 
So it's, I need to back off. And people say, man, if only you. everyone did that. Yeah, as long as everybody could look at their own ignorance Instead of and turn it in Kanye or Harambe yeah. for 2020. Hey, dude. Yeah, well, Harambe had a chance. <laughs> Harambe had a chance. <laughs> my dick has stayed out. You know, my dick has stayed out since 2015. <laughs> R.I.P. to our Lord and Savior. All right. That reminds me of just my favorite joke. God wants me to die the way he intended it in the gorilla pit of the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> it's just, that's one that you throw that out there and anybody who catches it, they're like, oh, oh shit. The other, everybody else is just a funny joke. <laughs> yeah. But then there's the people who find the reference. Yeah. It's like, there you go. <laughs> Those are the people who want to be friends with. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. Like, they're they like, get it. They're like, you got Parambe? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Of course, big you're boy. sitting cross-legged. You're, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? <laughs> Always. Lost six six Harambe. Oh wait. <laughs> Damn. Uh, that's yeah, right. And exactly when we were talking about humor, don't get me wrong. I know some people. It's like if I made a joke like that, they would get offended. sweaty. They yeah. they really would. And it's like, guys, it's it's a tragedy for sure. But move on. Yeah. It's time to it's time and to look you know at what? it and I don't go, even judge you, right. judge you if you have that standpoint where everything offends you, but I just hope you can understand a lot of things are going to offend you. You better be ready to that's, sit in your home all day and do nothing. That's the thing that scares me a lot. Even get onto the internet. Yeah, that's the thing that scares me a lot about the younger generation who are hyper offended while they're mm-hmm. still in high school. Mm-hmm. The real world's going to eat them up. Yep. That's what surprised can me, be scary. is how is this generation so offended all the time when we have things like 9gag and 4chan? How? How can you be offended? Because you are scared to get on 4chan. Have you not seen uh, the dude? they get, will track you down. Have you not seen the beheading yet? Like, everyone <laughs> should at this point? I believe that's like a... You should see that before you really go through the internet, which oh, is the I, worst parts of the internet. I was, I was on 4chan when it was like... In its infancy. Oh, yeah. And boy, let me tell you the things that I wish that I never had seen yeah. man, that were, we can't talk about. Were you a part of the Tumblr war? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's I mean, I was, I never posted about. because I'm afraid of posting. Oh, yeah, no, I'm a lurker. Yeah. You? Mm-hmm. yeah, I just lurk because I don't want, I never wanted to be Mm-mm. associated with 4chan. Like I never. Dude who looks up your IP address yeah. or something figures that out. And that then... shit gets scary. And not only that, but that's when people can start sending, you like, seen a beheading? Come shit on. To your email, anthrax to your house, yeah, like, like, like serious, serious things. Life changer, and they took the porn off of uh, Tumblr. <laughs> ah! Tumblr isn't the same, it's not Tumblr. They should rename it's, it and no, bring back old Tumblr. Twitter is the new Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, it. you go to Twitter for your porn, sadly yeah. enough. It's, it's weird. You know what? Which is celebrities already have Tumblr or Twitter. Like, I liked Tumblr when there weren't popular people on it, when it was... XD. The problem with Tumblr, though, is just, like, you... There was a real dark side to the Tumblr porn. To the real messed up stuff, where it's just, like, I'd be scrolling, I'm like, whoa! Wait a minute! That's going in where? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's just, like, and it's just, like, I get why they have the policy, but at the same point in time, it's... (laughs) They knew what was on there. Yeah. They they could see what people were on there looking mm-hmm. at. If you have those stats and you decide to take away their going to mm-hmm. thing, it's like, yeah, of course Tumblr is gonna lose like what was it? It was three it was like two thirds of it's, its people. Yeah. You know what's fascinating about Tumblr right now? Mm. It's making a slight comeback, but for business. Really? really? It's a good platform. <laughs> I, I personally do don't really so that's the I, I personally there. don't 
like I do marketing is mm-hmm. my job now, mm-hmm. and I would never tell someone to go on Tumblr and start talking about your business. No, but people are and doing really well. I actually foresee if I foresee them trying to adopt some sort of Etsy style in the next couple of years as being a marketplace itself. I feel like that's going to be the only option because the only people that are still actively creating content on there were like bloggers. I feel like and that's the only reason why Facebook is still alive to this day is because of Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, because all the you know older moms can get on there and say, "Oh my gosh, I love this dining set," and then they can go on and post a minion meme and say, "Oh my gosh, that was so funny and so relatable." <laughs> and Facebook is really good for. It yeah. really, really is. It's genuinely is. And that's why, like, with the new iOS 14 stuff, like, where people are worried about that, Facebook will adapt. Facebook business is a cost to way. No. That's how they make money. <laughs> Isn't Zuckerberg, I heard something about him stepping down. Is that, was that a thing? You probably should. Chat, you want to you wanna, uh, yeah. get me back on that? Just tell me whether or not that's a real thing. I was told by my mom. Chat Don't get me wrong. I'm my mother's name that. is, in fact, Karen. And so, she, and she oh, lives no. by that name. Oh yeah, no, she's she's. When I okay. said she's a character, she how many times has she embarrassed you at a restaurant? Ooh, <laughs> watch your mouth when you disrespect your the older moms. Uh, no, I agree, I agree. But this is how badass my mom is. She has taken the name Karen and made it into a force to be reckoned. Oh, I like. She that. sat there and be like. Hey, like she's a really nice woman, but when something happens, and she'll just straight up be like, "Hey, my name's Karen. You really want to make this a problem right now?" It's just like you don't make me don't make me Karen on your ass. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Mom, you've taken the it, you've made it your own." (laughs) You go to work the next day, and now she's the manager. Exactly. We love Facebook Marketplace. Okay, gosh. No, it's my mom's the exact same. My entire family, we all work with something with our hands, in all honesty. My Which mom, is the difference. Like, yeah, she can sometimes act like a Karen, but she's smart. Yeah, and I feel like that's where the difference is. She's a very educated Because you see the other ones that are just like, you know, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. I, I think the Karen hurts. meme came, the root of the Karen meme came from women who are very unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And who like could really get mad because like yeah. Applebee's forgot their marriage. Fertile ground something. in the Mormon Church. If we're gonna wrap it all, yeah, yeah. Or Olive Garden. It's not unlimited salads. Where's my salad? I yeah. need my salad. Come I on. I had two bushels of breadsticks, sir. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring your manager. Bring your. Manager. <laughs> it's super salad. Yeah. What's a super salad? If I don't get tour of Italy for free, I need to vomit and then come back and then eat some more. My Yelp review will never be worse. Yeah. Yep. Trust me, I am all of, I am 100% where your money's coming from. My Yelp review is going to hurt you so bad. Yeah. It's not like Olive Garden's or it's got its own entire background. Yeah. Gee, I I, lear- I figured out or learned that uh, Yelp is like pretty much pay to play. Really? Yeah. It's horrible. You can just pay I think to Yelp like is one of the most reviews. horrible things to small businesses. It's yeah. so it's that's so. Huge to small businesses. Too big yeah. Walmart. I know what I'm getting when I go to Walmart. The Google reviews are taking over Yelp, reviews. too. Which, yeah. is, which yeah. is actually good because I don't think you... From my understanding, I don't think you can pay for Google reviews. Mm-hmm. But Yelp, like, you can pretty much just be like, hey, like, yeah. can you give me five stars? You know? Yeah. When I managed the violin shop, we actually had a problem with the Yelp reviews and Google reviews only because um, mm-hmm. my grandpa is very German. He's very, very, very German. 
Uh, he, if his blood pressure, uh, blood sugar or pressure was too high or too low, because he was also a diabetic, mm. um, he was in a different mood. And so sometimes you walk in and he's this cheery, sounds very German. Yeah. We have the greatest of times, yeah. Anyways, but um, it be wunderbar, it be. Du bist wunderbar. Du bist wunderbar. Exactly. Das ist sehr gut. Anyways, um, but some people would come in and he would not be in the mood, or they sure. come in and try to throw shade his way, or they try to sell him something that don't take wasn't anything. And being very German. You'll point out why why you're a fuck up, what how you fucked up, and why he's not believing a single fucking word that you say afterwards. Yeah, yeah, no, he just won't help you anymore. Uh, he had a reputation for doing that, and some people loved him for it. And some yeah. people he's the person who could come up it. and say, "I want to see your manager," and he's like, "Bitch, I yeah. am the manager." Yeah, and he's, he's just like. like Hey, nice yeah, to meet you. Exactly. It's more like I want to see your manager, and he's like, "My name is Peter." Yeah. <laughs> it's my name's out there. What do you want? What do you want? But you have to show. I love, I love that raw reel because I really don't think that there's a lot of that with RHB. No, it should be. Yeah. I'm sorry. There should be. There should be times where a manager can tell their employee if they ask for the manager, "I trust you enough to be able to say, nope." He's told me I can handle this. Well, not only that, but like just that in just in social settings and friends and different things like that, there's a lot of like, I don't know, it, it's hard to find the real ones. Not to sound mm -hmm. corny, but like yeah. that raw, real personality is really starting to die off, Which or is, it's looked at as super negative. Yeah, no, it's uh, there's this there's this shop down in Salt Lake City, a, a delicatessen. Uh, yeah. it's called Siegfried's, Siegfried's. and it's. Some of the best German food I've had outside of Germany. Okay. I'm just going to tell y'all right now, if you ever visit Utah, I don't give a shit about any other restaurant. Go there. What is it called? Siegfried's. It's right on, what, uh, 200 South and State Street? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's right on State Street. It's, like It's right yeah. in the middle of everything. It's right across the street from the Monaco Hotel. There's parking right next to it that's free. Yeah. Totally. As long as you food. get it verified and everything, yeah. you're good. Okay. Uh, anyways, but it's... Uh, I've had friends who don't want to order food there because the people who work there are all European and all very German. They're, they're not <laughs> German, they're Polish, and I've actually met them just because yeah. Grandpa, when he did take us up there, mm -hmm. he would make me meet them. He'd be like, shake the hands, shake the hands. Yeah. I'm like, you're not making your Ruben und your Wiener Schnitzel. Yeah, Go. shake the hand. <laughs> Anyways, and so I've had friends who were like, can you order for me? Why? Because they're mean. It's like, no. They're, not they're just saying back they what you wanted. They, as they're asking, they're just blunt. Yeah, that's all it is. They're really, really, really nice people. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Olive Garden is where the families go, and for that problem, I can't take a date there. It's a little incesty because we're all family. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> a little incesty. I saw incesty. the comment and I had to. A little I had to throw incesty. It in. It's a little bit too incesty for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. That's the thing that I'm fascinating with doing eventually is because i actually haven't been able to travel out of the country yeah. um, i've spent a lot of time in washington state and there are a lot mm -hmm. of russians in washington state and when you yeah. get around that culture vastly different but same thing where people think that they're angry or mean or mm -hmm. in reality it's just tones and culture yeah 100 yeah. percent. you know and it's it's sad that people can't understand yeah. that. And if somebody's wanting to jump into that you know traveling learn different cultures a really good place to jump in is starting with food mm -hmm. where i go to eat where i go to get breakfast where i go to that that's where you're mm -hmm. going to meet people that are kind of forced to talk with you but ones that kind of want to talk to you mm -hmm. yeah because again if you go to germany 
don't expect a Denny's. You're not no, going to get that. No. You're going to get a house slash cafe where they say, okay, here's all the food. Fill up your plate and then leave. And yeah. don't be surprised if you ask for a condiment and they're like, what the hell is ranch? Yeah. Rice what sauce? The, what Fuck the fuck? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's also outside <laughs> of Utah. Yeah, I saw yeah, this funniest thing where it was like, Utah's when Stimmy hits, and then it's a picture of this ginormous ranch bottle that's filling up a pool tub. Yes! <laughs> yes. No, but I mean, like, it's 100% you get there, and the way that they eat their food and everything, the, the first big thing, not even the big thing, but... The, sat, the first thing to me that I was like, I have to clarify, was uh, sparkling water versus still water mm. in Europe. It's like, oh, I have to clarify when I ask for water, sparkling oh, or still. still water. And they're like, well, we bring you sparkling, sparkling and I try water. sparkling, and I'm like, this is disgusting. Yeah. This is awful. Yeah. Some people love it. So I hate it. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I, I've met someone who just sparkling water, everything. I'm like, I can't do that. Interesting. It tastes like... Hatred and bleach. Hatred and bleach. Well, the thing is, it tastes like tonic water to me because I was scarred as a child to drink tonic water, Mm. thinking it was sparkling water. Right. And then I had friends where they drank and they're like, wow, that's really good Sprite. (laughs) And I'm like, what? You get flavor from that? What the hell? Which is why I thought you'd enjoy it because you enjoy the more bitter shit. Shut up. (laughs) Red wine? Grapefruit juice. Uh, He's okay, that person okay. who enjoyed it even as a kid, and I was the one that learned after Jimmy drinking. Generally, have a cigar on me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. It's something that you know you either enjoyed as a kid or you don't, and then you learn as an adult how good it is. Yeah, because I can go back now and I drink tonic water. Still, I'm like not my thing, but I can see why people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You mix it with drinks. Come on, a good Moscow Mule with some sparkling water topped off. Mm. Delicious, tasty, super yeah. good. But. But, again, back to the whole culture thing, like, if, if you're wanting to learn, that's kind of a great place to start, is just food. Because it, it's something everyone can relate on. It's not going to a church. It's not going to a, it's not going to a place of business. Because, yeah, there will be a culture difference, but there's going to be a mean one and a different one. You're going to see it as mean. It's not going to be, but it's going to be so different, you're going to portray it as differently. Yeah. But food is one where everyone kind of has a happy feeling about it. Because yeah, when you go yeah. in to get food, you're never really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody goes in and is just like, like oh, oh, fuck, can I get some of your best? You're going to get a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it, I get a drink what now? Yeah. I gained 10 pounds in Germany. You're going to give me the best beer I've ever had in my Duder? life? Duner? Oh, man. It's... If we really want to go into that, Duner is something, it's, it's kind of... Germans, the Germans way of like a kebab, you know, where okay. Europeans are just like, let's go get a kebab. Yeah, it's, it's just as good. I love kebabs, but it's but it's not German. I know. <laughs> but Aduna, it's pretty much imagine, imagine a euro, like a, a, a European euro, but it's full of sauce, lettuce, tomato, meat, straight off of like you know where they cut it off and mm-hmm. spin it. Like it, like yeah. the euro, and like then euro. French fries. And then just That's a whole bunch of other stuff. But yeah, yeah, most of them do have French fries in them, mm. and then they just cover them in sauce, and they're like three bucks. And it's it's called it's like the it's the food you get when you're leaving the bar or the pub, wandering home drunk, and you're like, I need something greasy and delicious. Yeah, this and it's level me out. Two dollar, two to three dollars, and it's incredible. Holy crap, and they it's good. Fill you up. But the amount of times my brother-in-law, who went on his mission to Germany, I think he went to Berlin specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was just like, okay. Duna run, who's coming with? And it's like 30 minutes after we had our last Duna run. Yeah. And I was like, yep, I'm going. Like, there you go. Yeah, like, you've convinced me. 
It's that good, you'll want to keep on going. Even if you're full, you're just like, I want one. Yep. I can save it for later if I'm not hungry. I will eat it all in one go, but I can right. act like I'm going to save it for later. Were you guys able to experience like Oktoberfest? That's what we're going to this year. It is. Oh, uh, shit. Okay. The Utah Oktoberfest isn't bad. No, it's, it's actually fun. pretty good. And uh, it's, ooh, like, it's like already perfect. reserved this year for Oktoberfest. Because that's the big thing everyone tells you if you're going to go Oktoberfest in Germany, where we're going Get specifically Frankfurt. Get a booth, because if not, you're going to be standing everywhere, and nobody wants to drink steins of beer standing. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I already have a booth saved up, but the last time I went, which is when I went with friends, we did uh, New Year's in Berlin, which was so much fun. In Germany, lol, I bet you would get beat up every day. <laughs> it's, it's, there's not even a word for vegan or vegetarian in German. It's That's <laughs> defeatism. Yeah, that's, that's, defeatism? That's, that's, you've, gave, you've given up on your life. You understand they have food that's like, Wiener schnitzel is just chicken or pork Smashed. pounded and then deep fried. fried. Yeah. Roladen is just pork so soaked in. No. Sorry. Let, let me go into detail. Here you go. I'll let him go. Onions. Dijon mustard on a flat slice of pork. Mm -hmm. And then that is wrapped up, the pork, with bacon. And then that is also covered in more onions and Dijon mustard, mm -hmm. and then wrapped up in even more bacon. And so you kind of have this small nugget of just meat mm -hmm. and onions and juice. And juice. Yeah. Some of the and best then you cook it for like four hours. Then and it you cover it out in it's... gravy, pretty much. Oh, it's so good. But it's. Don't the, go to Germany expecting to eat food that's good for you. Because <laughs> you really won't. Not. It's all heavy. It's you'll have a pretzel, so a soft pretzel, or a roll with every meal you'll eat. I've been having this weird, like, been trying to read up about different cultures and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that we, I don't know how to word this, and I haven't vocally expressed this thought yet, but do you think that we as Americans are blocked, not purposely but we just don't see the reality of other countries until we go a lot of people would say like we're, the, we're mixing pot with a boiling pot where yeah. everyone comes together and so it kind of creates our own culture i'd say that it, it helps but it's a double-edged sword too because now that we have our own culture even though not really a culture it's kind of a mixing of everyone's culture yeah we now say all the other cultures are wrong ours is the only one that's right because it's it's all diversity which I get, yeah, diversity can make something amazing, but there is something to see out of, you know, going to Germany and experiencing a German parlor. Yeah. It's or a beer garden. Oh. Yeah, you go there and you go to a beer garden, you're outside, you're at booths, they give you your food, they give you your big stein, and what you are there to do is drink and hang out with buddies. Yeah. And there are beer gardens in, in Utah and in all over the U.S., but I mean, like, it's different. But where they different. set up their beer gardens in Germany is normally next to monuments or areas that are like super cool. I remember the one that we visited yeah. had the weirdest building I've ever seen in my entire life. Then the guy who made it was going through Alzheimer's or yeah, something like, like that? Yeah, this man was insane, pretty much. It wasn't Alzheimer's, it was schizophrenia. Oh, that's right. He was mm -hmm. schizophrenic. And like the building is like 14 stories tall. It's like 18 different colors. And it's made out of like copper, reflective copper. And it's all painted different colors, and it's leaning in like sixteen different directions. Yeah. It's weird, but that's something we normally gate off, and we'd say this is a monument, mm -hmm. or we'd say like this is something built by somebody with idea. Yeah, we're going to dedicate this to just a monument. But they're like, no, let's throw some beer in there and we'll call it beer garden. And in all honesty, if you're American and you're going to Europe, 
you're gonna have a great time. Yeah. You just genuinely, because guess what? It's strange, I never thought Europeans like Americans. They do. We're taught that they don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's my favorite thing that I was told over in Germany was, oh, I can tell you're American without even talking to you or hearing your voice. Why? You're smiling. While walking down the street, yeah. you have a smile on your face. And then on top of that, I remember when we left Tanta Catles. Bieber kind of perfectly. That, that, was, that was the better way of You can't have culture anymore because there are too many people who get offended you try to exp- yeah, when you try to express that culture. Yeah. It's, exactly. The problem is, is that people think that culture is a, a, inclusive, that you cannot, you cannot give out culture. It's just like, hey, are, are you that skin color or do you have that? Are you from that area? Then you can't be a part of that culture. Bull fucking shit. Yeah. It's guess what's the best thing for cultures? It's to be spread. Well, and it's spo- we're supposed to celebrate culture. Yeah. Too. That's what. That's what I don't get about the, you know, specific things. I'm like, oh, I just want to celebrate your culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know I'm not specifically a part of it, but I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Nonetheless, it's fantastic. Yeah. Which, uh, again, going back to the uh, Germans love Americans. It's, if you ever go to Germany and you're trying to club, you know, party. Uh, Germans will hate me for saying this because they hate it when Americans actually go here. It's true. It's called Reeperbahn. It's literally the street right next to the red light district. It's where all the clubs are. It's where ev- all the Germans go. The Germans, the ones who've lived there their entire life, that's where they go to club and party. If they ever see an American there, all the people in the street, they'll notice you're American. They'll kind of right away. for it. Right the away. club owners and the bouncers, they'll say, you're American, VIP line. Mm-hmm. They'll just throw you in the VIP line, and I remember first time ever clubbing. I was just turned eighteen, and you're allowed to club at eighteen. Yeah, and all that. First time ever doing anything like this. They're like VIP line, and I'm sitting with a bunch of dudes with cigars and champagne, with like girls surrounding them. Yeah, and I was like, "This is boring. I'm gonna go to the dance floor." And I just left the VIP. Do area. they just assume that you're someone? They assume you're rich. Yep. And mm-hmm. on top of that, guess what we do that no one in Europe does? We tip. They will serve you alcohol and drinks and food and all like that first because they want tip because Americans tip. And we tip heavy. Oh. We tip, and it's it's expected it's for us to tip. Yeah, Whereas everybody else is like, no, I'm not giving you the coins, the euros, coins where like it's like two, three euros or a coin. A coin can be three euros. And so you can tip people. I remember I mistakenly tipped a waitress like $50 that night just alone for like four drinks. Just because I was like, I have all this change, and I thought it was like 50 cents. Mm. And I just gave it all to her, and she was like, thank you, honey. And she kept on pulling it in and kept on serving me drinks mm-hmm. just so I could they keep on will, tipping her. They, they like Americans. And then on top of that, it's interesting because we were able to talk with, uh, when we left Tonta Cato, oh, and we had that translator with us and his, his daughter, uh, so she was really funny. She was really cool. She went to the University of Berlin? I think so. Anyways, she went to a university nearby, and uh, we asked her, uh, just like, so so how is it like hanging out with Americans? Because we are told all, constantly that you can immediately distinct us. Because one, we're pretty loud. We are very loud. Americans yeah, project. And we have no problem singing in the streets, especially no. our family. Yeah. No, it's just, we, we were singing this. I remember kids biking past, just like giving us the weirdest looks while you, me, Seth, and Andy are just... <laughs> Going down, dancing, yeah, just yeah. having a good time, and it's just like they're like, why, why are you so hot? Why, why are you so happy? Who, who died? What, what money did you inherit? What is this? And it's just like, 
And on top of that, something amazing happened to you recently. Yeah, and it's just like you get like that. No, it's just how I'm just I'm just in Germany having a great time. But uh, we asked her. I'm like, what's what's like the one thing that you would say is like in terms of culture, what differentiates us and what Germans appreciate the most? Because like we know the things that they don't like about us because. We're loud. We are obtrusive. We are sarcastic. yeah. We are sarcastic. Mm-hmm. There's not sarcasm there. Right. Um, but that is a whole other culture barrier, language barrier. I'd even call it. Even if they speak yeah. English, it's sarcasm. It's. I'll get into that in yeah. a second. Yeah. So my favorite thing was uh, she was like, in university, it, you are determined. Your coolness is determined by how much English slang slang you know. Really? Yep. And she's just like, I want to know all the slang, all the little, all the little things that you say, all the little things that are uh, said and don't make sense to us. And so we're sitting there and we're trying to explain what yeet is. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> when you yeet something, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was like two, three years ago. And so we're just sitting there and we're like, well, this is things, this, this, and this. And she's like writing them down. Is that because America still is like the forefront when it comes to like mass entertainment mm-hmm. language is definitely because your, your language can be beautiful it can be awesome it's nowhere nearly as widespread as either chinese or english yeah like we have words and, for everything and english is still growing as a language yeah. we yeah. definitely are whereas in german no we just don't have a german word for that so we're going to use the english word for that right. it's because the, the english has yeah. use english as their fillers pretty much mm-hmm. which is why yeah, which is why the cooler you are is, is how much slang you Yeah, use. and so we're just walking down the street explaining it to her, and she's, like, talking to us as we're getting to the beer garden, and she's just like, so, um, uh, that's what she said? What is that? And it's just like, <laughs> and we're sat there, and we're like, oh, that's a sexual uendo. Uendo? It's like, okay, uh, all right. So, like, we're trying to explain it, but she's just having a great time and everything, going across it all, and... Hell, I remember when we told her just, we told her, what's up? And then we told her, sup. Sup. Sup, bro. Sup, man. How are you doing? And she's just like, is that for, like, supper? (laughs) No, no, it's like, hello. It's another term for hello. Sup? Okay, but what does it come from? What's up? Wouldn't you just say, what's up? No. What's up? Shorter. Yes. It's it's English. Like fast in English, yes. We are lazy. We are very lazy. So, okay, you, you told a lot of positive. Did you guys have any negative interactions with Germans? Sarcasm. Uh, yeah, sarcasm. They get that really was uncomfortable around sarcasm. When... Because they always think you're very serious, and all the time with sarcasm, it's meant to be... Like yeah. joking. Like a joking, like, I didn't actually mean that. But yeah. they'll, they'll think, like, oh, okay, this guy's a piece of garbage for saying that. Mm. They'll instantly go there. And that's where they'll have that negative thought, because I remember we were talking with her, and multiple times she'd go quiet. Yeah. And, and she wouldn't because, understand what yeah. we were saying, and we're like, sarcasm. And she's like, oh, I was, I was told about this, and all like that. She's like, she watches a lot of YouTube, American YouTube, because mm-hmm. she's like, she really likes the Marvel movies right. and everything like that. And it's America has a lot of entertainment. Yeah. And we are the entertainment right. of yeah, the world. Yeah, that's what I was saying, yeah. And so she's like, I love your guys' movies and everything. I could go on with a German accent, but I swear I'm butchering it. <laughs> uh, but uh, she would, she, we would bring that up, and we're like, Oh yeah, you totally want to use that line in public, and it's just like she's like, "You do?" It's like, it's part. I slip into that accent it's way too hard, way too easily. Yeah. Um, but 
Anyways. You'll have to tell her just like, no, I am saying this with sarcasm, and then you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of have to just prep and it's say like read it in real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Ass or whatever. We're like afterwards. We're like whenever I wink, sarcasm. The sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Take it as a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, because uh, I believe Peter's favorite joke was like um, the apple fell off the table, but in German it means something completely different. And so we he would we would ask him. It's like, what's your favorite joke? He's like, oh, yes. Uh, one time you put an apple on the table, and then it fell off. And he start laughing his head off, and we're like, we're like, this man is uh, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, Grandpa's weird. Grandpa's very weird. And we didn't know until later. It's like, no, the translation is what's weird. It's yeah. it's. Um, I don't even know so the whole joke. I, I, I never realized. I, it. I, I still it, don't even. All remember. I remember was Dad sat there one day. He's like, laugh. It's actually a really funny joke, but oh, it's you guys okay. don't understand where it's coming from. And so it's like, oh, cultures. Exactly that. It's fascinating. It's Our family, really fun. I, I'd say, two of our own families. One, we're very funny. We're very, you know, mm-hmm. social. We're a very social family. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how we got it from Peter and Peter's wife. I have oh, no so idea because they are hands of down dad. <laughs> true, but it's I, dad's fault. Looking back at them, they are like some of the least funny people you ever meet in their life. And then you yeah. meet my dad, who just is joke after joke after it's, joke it's, after joke. The guy can just pump him out. I'm just wondering where that missing link happened. And I think it was, one, you were grown up inside a situation with a stern German father and a very Mormon mother, and you're constantly thrown with the serious. You, you have to make it. humor you out of it. Humor. Yeah. Otherwise, and, you'll just... Yeah, you'll and so it's... Uh, my dad was the biggest nerd growing up, too. He was the Dungeons & Dragons OP. Uh, OG, I mean, my man. It's just like, yeah, he was like, I remember when Dungeons and Dragons, you didn't talk about playing Dungeons and Dragons. Because your parents thought it was actually Satan. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, your grandmother uh, doesn't doesn't want us to talk about it. Roll a 20 for your dad. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what we got. Oof. 13. Oh, you did well enough. Hey, that'll hit. It's better than... How you doing, Misty666? Hey! And call sign. I saw your message. Hope you're doing well. The crazy thing about society right now is that we want everyone to accept anyone who is different than you are, but at the same time, we cannot celebrate those same differences between people because of people becoming offended. I think there's also a lot of the fear of people becoming offended, which... I totally do too. It's when you meet a first person, there's that moment of like, all right, which jokes can I land home? Especially here in Utah, where it's just like, what language can I use? I had an awful interaction with an individual who was... I'm doing great, Misty. How are you doing? (laughs) Who was uh, in the process of transitioning. I already asked And, um, (laughs) you know, I'm very laid back and like, you know, I just use... Greetings is just whatever. And I was like, oh, what's up, dudes? Yeah. What's up, bros? And that was very bad. Yeah. That ruined the whole evening for our party because I had offended. And it's kind of a bummer because in reality... It's weird because I totally get celebrating cultures and I love it and I wish it was possible. But there are cultures that clash just at certain points. And it's and it's you kind of have to know beforehand with the culture where it clashes and where you should really tiptoe around some areas compared to other ones. And you just kind of have to learn that. You can learn it from somebody who's native and somebody who knows you and is Mm -hmm. comfortable talking with you. Or you just take the rough route and you just learn over and over and over again. You look like an idiot several hundreds of times. Like, for instance, the sarcasm thing. Mm -hmm. I used it 
lots in Germany and got the strangest looks. Oh, End yeah. of story. You just get people who, who judge you right off the bat. They're like, oh, you, you, yeah, you actually said that. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I didn't mean it though. And then you have to mm-hmm. go back. It, what is uh, like sexual innuendos? Like you said, like what? How does that type of conversations happen? Because like in America, we can joke about like that's a lot said. of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Is that something that gets joked about? Like well, more... so in Europe in general, sex is everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's much it's more way more small, publicly. And you'll just see a large ass photo of a nude woman. Why? Yeah. Because it's totally normal there. Mm-hmm. Norm- yeah, yeah it's, it's it's fantastic. It's when you talk about sex. There are some things that are just like, why would you talk about that? Why yeah. would you bring it up unless you were talking to buddies or so? Yeah. But it's like, on top of that, it's, it's usually it is seen, it is looked down upon to kiss and tell. It's, it's if there's something in the bed, keep it to yourself, unless you're a part, unless you're going to a sex party yeah, and, sure. and you're all there to fuck and you're at the sex club and that's just what you're doing. Yeah. Then it's, of course, you ask politely, not saying I've ever been to a sex club, but hey, I'm hey, in Europe. Hey, hey, when in Rome? When, when, when in Rome? Rome? <laughs> when I was in, this wasn't Germany. This was when we went up to Amsterdam. Because after we were in Berlin for New Year's, we took a nine-hour bus ride up to Amsterdam. Because you have to Amsterdam. Yes. Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> when we were there, um, for the first night, when we were walking around, we were just trying to figure out what we were going to do the next night. Because that night we just barely finished up the ride. We were like, we're all jet lagged sleep wake up tomorrow morning and start our day um i remember the first thing we passed by was a sex torture museum oh yeah and Mm. i was like i would never see that in america ever no Mm -hmm. ever and then that was one of the first things that we did was it sex torture or just like a bdsm sex torture specifically it it included bdsm and like the lighter parts but as you went one of the tour guides was like you guys speak english he was like okay at the start of this museum going to be very light it's going to be that bdsm stuff it's going to be like the ball gag all that good yeah, stuff. yeah yeah the farther we go in and you can turn around at any point but it will get intense where it's just like you know your devices when you shove them up someone's ass and they're yeah yeah hello yeah <laughs> a piece of glass you it's... shove into the urethra and smash with a hammer oh, oh so we're we got into some real yeah things. like, like it should be torture torture and then they were just like, yeah, and it would just get more and more I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Excuse me? You, you walked into a very interesting conversation. Yeah, you, <laughs> you jumped into the boat of a... Uh, <laughs> oh. You needed to be here about 20 minutes earlier, <laughs> and you would have seen where we got to. Yeah, I have yeah, yeah. one final story about my, my uh, trip to Amsterdam, and this was the one where none of the people I went with can actually vouch for me because I was so drunk that night. So the last night we were there inside Amsterdam. Yeah, okay. He's a guy walking around with absinthe. Oh, it's my favorite trick. Bottle of absinthe in my backpack. And whenever we were on the tour bus, I'd just pull it out and just drink like three shots. Yeah, put it down. And I just get no shit face. (laughs) I had it in Las Vegas. While we were there, the final night we were there, uh, actually the night before we left, um, all of my friends, we didn't realize in Amsterdam specifically, it's really quiet and it's like a nice quaint town for like around noon to noon, noon to midnight. Really quiet, really nice, really peaceful. At around midnight to 2 a.m., the whole like theme of the entire area switches to party. Everyone's there to party. 
And I realized why is because the reason why it's so quiet and like not a lot of stuff is open during the day is everyone's sleeping. Because mm, they're all up. Because they're all partying. up from yeah. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. partying. And so I didn't realize that. None of us realized that for like the four days that we were there. Except for me. Because one night uh, our Airbnb, which are legal in Europe. Airbnb they are, yeah. Are super legal in Europe. Illegal? They're illegal because mm-hmm. they're pulling away from hostels and hotels. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, while we were there, our Airbnb was literally right above a tuna shop which the way they do it inside Amsterdam is they're like long burritos filled with fries, sauces, and all this other stuff. But I went downstairs, it was around midnight, and I was like, guys, I'm not going to bed yet. We're all drunk. We all pre-gamed, and, and we all drank and hung out as friends inside the Airbnb. But when we when I left downstairs, I was just sitting inside this Ponduna shop, and then out of nowhere, like these six teenage boys walk in, and they, I could tell. They're all teasing me a little bit. And I'm drunk out of my mind i'm high as shit <laughs> i am i think i was tripping on shrooms cafe like, and coffee shop two different things yes yes mm-hmm. coffee shop is where you go smoke yeah cafe is where you gotta go drink coffee mm-hmm. but uh while i was there like i could just tell they were kind of like teasing poking at me and then i just turned around and i'm like english i have no idea what you're saying yeah and then i turned back and i'm just waiting for my food they finally, like, I could tell they were like, getting more and more intense the moment these two German, the best word I can explain it is MILFs. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Turned 18, finally realized that's possible. But I, they both pull me to the table because I realized those, they, they could see those boys were really, like, trying to dig in deep and bother yeah. me. I don't speak Dutch. I don't speak German. I have yeah. no idea what they're saying. They pull me down, they sit me down, they're asking me, they're like, oh, why are you here? You're on vacation, where are you from? Yeah. What's your name? And then as soon as I get my food, I eat it, we're still talking, and they're like, yeah, well, uh, we just got down here from, uh... oh, God, I'm so drunk, I don't know if I remember where they were from. Germany. I said they were German. They were like, oh, yeah, we just really came up from Germany. We're going to go clubbing. You want to come with? And, you know, I'm a dude, so, you know, I'm not going to say it was smart, but I totally get why this some people would be like, conversation. <laughs> I totally get if some people were like, that's super sketchy, why would you do that? But I was an 18-year-old boy that was just like, yes, I'm here to club and party. <laughs> See, remember my story at the beginning, this is a difference of childhood, and we're brothers, so. <laughs> and then I proceed to, after that, we go to about four different clubs. At the first club, I black out. Oh, no. I don't remember anything. Um, I remember us like going to clubs and in between the clubs going to different bars and so, drinking So more. did you go in and out? Go in and out? We So we went into the club, we hung out there, we kind of met new people, mingled, yeah. and then yeah. the moment like we could tell like, oh, we've kind of seen all the fun people in this crowd, left, went to a bar. Uh, most bars there actually have dance floors, and so you know you just kind of have fun, drinking, dance a little bit, and then you leave the bars, go to a different club. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. went back through kind of their version of Reeperbahn in Amsterdam. Yeah. But around the first club, I blacked out because I remember I took four Jaeger bombs. My guy. <laughs> if they thinking. were the wrong milfs, you probably you would have lost a brother that yeah, day. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. They gained a gained a friend. <laughs> the thing is, the weird thing is, is I remember us leaving the clubs at a certain point, and for about a four-hour span. Ah, uh, no, I'd say around two, three-hour span. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I remember us going to someone's place. Oh, my guy. <laughs> and then I remember at 6 a.m., I stood up, 
I literally just went like this, stood up, and went, I have no idea how to get home. Somebody walk me home. <laughs> and that was the end of my night, was when the MILF was like, okay, yeah, let's head home. They took me back to my place. I get back to my Airbnb, walk in, pass the fuck out. All my roommates, you know, they wake up, they're all bright and bushy-eyed. They're like, let's go do something. I am hungover as shit. Oh, and to this day, the guys I went with, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't believe me on any of it. They're just like, dude, we don't we don't get it. Why why would you not tell us until like a couple days afterwards? Because I was like, I barely remember it. So you're like, I was making sure it wasn't a fever dream. It yeah. wasn't until recently that I went back, uh, we texted on I think it was WhatsApp. While we with were the there. Milfs? No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, you're making a comeback? What? No, no, no. I, I, do, I do have a couple Hopefully texts get... from them. I got their number. I have their numbers. And I texted them. Reconnect. Yes. Oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> Come but on. With the WhatsApp, I remember I had no proof for the longest time that this happened. And only until recently did I go back through my messages and I saw that I drunkenly texted one of the girls that we went to Amsterdam with. I was like, hey, guys. I'm getting some food. I'll be back within like 45 minutes. And then I remember like the next text after that was four hours later. I was like, guys, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking and I am having fun time. And I sent them a picture of just me and these two mills just in the club having a great time. <laughs> and that was the first time where I called up my one of my best friends. I called him up and I was like, I have fucking proof, you piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck! The mills! And after that, they never, they, they won't ever fucking say shit about that again, because I have proof. Yeah. But uh, I'm happy it didn't go poorly. Is that something that you have to consciously keep an eye on? Is that ideology of like, you know, you're the Americans, you could be wealthy, you could be captured? Well, I mean, okay. movies play on it a lot. Yeah, but. yeah. They, there's a few telltale signs of Americans in Europe. One, you're wearing North Face clothing. Mm. Two, you have a water bottle on you. For instance, I do actually myself. Yeah. And it's, they don't see a water bottle as useful. They're like, if you're thirsty, you go to a store and you buy water. Mm. That's how close everything is. Right. There you can literally, you're nobody has a car. You're supposed to walk or take a bus mm -hmm. or take a train anywhere. Yep. Where you're at the option to like get yeah, to yeah. go into a store all and the so time. it's just like they see you come in and it's immediate the telltale signs of okay they're the Americans and flights to Europe aren't necessarily cheap and they right. know that if you're coming from America usually you're there to also spend just a metric fuck ton of cash right the first thing I did as soon as I got to Germany was buy a highly European jacket an expensive one just so I couldn't be called out of a crowd you're American. Mm -hmm. So I can actually, like, because they dress, they have very, it's, it's weird. Men normally have a much more feminine clothing yeah. look. It's it's almost, if you were to look at an American dressed like that, you'd go, oh, you're a metrosexual. And yeah. it's like, gotcha, gotcha. not necessarily yeah. at all, yeah. no. But that, there, the deodorant just... doesn't exist there either. That's, That's how gross. they can actually tell is they can smell you. Yeah, smell. you smell, yeah. you're like, oh, you smell great. You either don't No, they hate the smell. Oh, that's I had oh, multiple girls come up to me and they go, what are you wearing? That's horrible. They like that manly scent. And I'm just like, I'm wearing deodorant yeah. like a normal person. Hmm. Yeah. Like what my mom they, told me to do in junior high. They like, mix musk with cologne. That yeah. is how they do it. Is Their colognes are supposed to mix with their natural smell. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes it's not that great. But I've met a couple guys where I was like, 
You don't smell horrible. Yeah. It's a different smell. It's something you wouldn't normally see. There's smoke also here. a lot of BO. Yeah. There's a lot of BO. You're going to enter and exit Germany smelling like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. All of my clothing just smelled like cigarettes. And that was my first time ever having a cigarette. My favorite story is going to be when we flew back. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. The, uh, Should would we? you like to? Uh, we talking about weed? Yeah. Okay, okay. good. Good. So, uh, so my not family is pretty. Either. No, it's not at all. <laughs> and my brother-in-law, the one who went on his mission to Berlin, yeah. uh, does a, like a metric fuck ton again of just weed. The guy puts that stuff away, and it's great because yeah. it's he introduced me to a whole bunch of really good strains. But when he went out there, he would bring like gummies with him. And yeah, since yeah, it's yeah. candy. You can get it through the airport, no problem at all. It's super I remember easy. how he did it. He had a Haribo bag, and then he just did a hair straightener. Yeah, yeah, so he just, yeah. just filled Resealed it up. It. Yep. And so on our way back, he gave us like a whole ton, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's a what an eight hour flight from uh, Frankfurt to where we were going, North Carolina. You your side of the story, oh, and yeah. then I'll give mine. Oh yeah. They so are so different. they are so good. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways, so I'm sitting there. And I'm I'm getting I'm getting comfy. I got my big old overheads on my ears and everything like that. And I'm like, it's an eight hour flight. Getting high on this, I should be able to be high for the entire duration yeah. and kind of get off. Edibles are not nearly as strong. They usually last a little bit longer than like taking a puff or anything like that. So it's like, okay, cool. So I pop in like three of these gummy bears. Oh no. Yeah. No. Also, <laughs> when you're not moving like brother, your body, I have to preface this. My no brother-in-law is very he's he's very large, but I'm gonna say like he's not he's not big. He's just very stocky. Big. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. He can put away this stuff because one, his metabolism is very fast, and since he's so large, this man would take three gummies and he would be utterly blazed. Yeah, no. When he gone. told me at this time, I was kind of I was more adept than most family members. He was like, "Just have one, see where that gets you, yeah. and then move from there." So yeah. So there I am. I I pop three into my mouth. <laughs> And, and I think like 30 minutes into it, I'm like, okay, I can sort of feel the effects. Edibles were always kind of hit or miss or anything like that. <laughs> There's no way I could do that. Everyone would know. Okay, so I'm going to get there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, tell you, I'll tell you a B-Bird story after this. Okay, there you go. So there I am, just like hanging out. It's, we're 30 minutes in, and I'm feeling kind of a buzz. And I'm like, okay, the edibles are kind of weak sauce, whatever. Because I mean, like my brother, he pops in two of them, and he's like, Eh, they're they're sort of working, so I take three, and then I like into like hour three get hit so fucking hard, and I am so unaware that it was the weed because I thought the hit already happened. Mm. I thought I already reached that moment. So I, here I am. I advise nobody in my family. I am surrounded by strangers on both sides, and I just pop oh them in because they think God. it's just gummy bears. And so, like, I'm sitting there, and I think, because my body becomes one with the furniture when yeah. I get high, I just get really, really, like, into it. I'm sitting there, and I think the pilot is just going up. I think <laughs> I'm just having more Gs pressed onto me. And so, like, I'm sitting there, and I look over at the guy right next to me, and I'm like, this pilot likes to go up, is what I say <laughs> word for word. And he, like, looks at me, and he's like, you just say and I'm like that's what I realized I'm like oh I'm high out of my mind and I look at him and I'm like I apologize Sorry, and sir. I put back on my overheads and I'm watching the movie and I'm like super high so I'll tell Seth's side real fast yes, do that Seth 
also got a bag of said gummies and also wanted to eat gummies. None of us communicated that we were getting high at all. And so he asked my mom, he's sitting right next to his mom, his bag's over right under in front of my mom's seat because she doesn't have a carry-on or yeah. she didn't have one to go there. And so he's like, hey, can you pass me, I have some gummy bears in here, can you pass me some? And my mom, she's already done weed, like a ton. Oh, but okay. she's completely unaware that these are edibles. And so oh. she pulls them out and pops like one or two of them, and then hands them over to Seth. And Seth's watching and goes, oh, no. Oh, mom, 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 no, 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 stop. And she's like, what? No, don't worry about it. And just starts eating. And she's, he's like, no, stop. And she's like, why? He's like, those are edibles. You just took like a lot. And so my mom, oh. at that point in time, she's like, cool. It's just, <laughs> Your mom's it's really so into it. Like, and that? so... I'll, I'll let Aiden tell his side now. Essentially, Seth took him, and they just hung out for the entire plane oh ride. Oh, my God, that's great. I remember there was a certain point halfway through that flight. I, I'm just going to reiterate this. I asked to switch seats so I could be next to Ari because I was also super high. Mm -hmm. But I hands down believe I was the one who made the biggest mistake with the edibles because when I first started, uh, our brother-in-law was like, take one, see how it is, move from there. I was like, perfect. Popped one in. I waited an hour because I'm like, that is where I'm going to rate how high I'm going to get with an edible. Yeah. An hour in, I should know where I'm at. An hour passed. I was like, okay, these are weak as shit. Yeah. I grab a handful. I'm oh, at like six in my hand, pop no. them all in at once, and I'm like, we are here. The moment I swallow all six of those, the first one hits. And, and I'm like... I'm oh, in trouble. Shit. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I start. This was on the flight. No, this was on the flight back when I moved over next to you. I yeah. was super high. I remember they kept on bringing me ginger ale. Oh, yeah. Like, no, we were, we were asking for snacks the entire time. We were like, hey, do you have those, uh, like, those Biscoff cookie I just want things or pretzels. Some peanuts? Some pretzels. pretzels. Just give me pretzels. Do you have mustard? Do you have mustard? It's a very German, German thing. Yeah. yeah. But I remember at around. Hour four, because it, it took a while for the six to actually hit. It hadn't hit me yet, those those other six. I was still on the one, and I was really high already. Yeah. I remember like, okay, I need to be around a family member so I don't totally make a fool of myself. I remember I asked to switch with the girl that was sitting right next to you. Yeah. You and me are sitting next to each other, and I start watching Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Throughout the entire flight, I swear to God, I was screaming. I was like, this movie is so badass. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I want one of we, these cars. We live. We die. We live again. <laughs> just, I, the whole flight, because this was after the six, finally hit where, you know, I feel like the plane goes up where I go, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was like, was like, oh, like this. Oh <laughs> god. My favorite part of this entire story, BG Dubs, is we get off the plane oh, and we yes. are going to customs. Oh, U.S. No. customs. We all get together so and we all high. look independently at each other and we're like, "Are you? Are we all high?" Oh yeah, because right okay, so you two didn't know about your mom. No, and no. Like, it's just like we're like we're like. Are we all high right now? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, mom, are you high? And she's just like blazing her mind. She's like, yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. very small, petite, skinny woman, and she yeah. took a lot. She yeah, took a good amount. And so I was like, we're sitting there, we're like, okay, cool. So um, we gotta go through customs now. And so like, I just remember walking up and putting down my passport, and they're like, where did you come from? I'm like, uh, Fort Frank, Frankfurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. They're like. How long were you there? Uh, a couple of days there in Vienna and all of that. And he looks at me and he's like, yeah, you have some fun? 
you get some stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, brought nothing home. <laughs> and he's like, all right. Hey, well, it was just yeah, like, yeah. let me, and the, like, it was like the one moment because my brother and mom went through a completely different experience. Like, she grilled into them, she would get into them. But the guy who was a part of my customs, he like looked at me immediately and knew I was stoned out of my mind. But the worst thing you're going to worry about a guy stoned out of their mind on a flight is that he's going to eat all the snacks. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Plane. There's no worries. It's, there's nothing to worry about. Mine was, he asked me, he was like, where'd you come from? And then I instantly go, where did you go? And then he instantly was like, yeah? And I was like, yeah, uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, uh, we we hit like Vienna. We yeah. were in Salzburg oh. a little bit. We, yeah. Like, yeah. I totally pulled up. I know how to act sober while high. I'm very adept That's at good. this That's point. That's good. But I remember just... I was totally being just a total jackass. Like, yeah. I was just playing with him at this point. Like, what are you going to do with me? Arrest yeah. me? And, my, and Dad was me? on a completely different plane. And so when he shows up, we've already flown from South, uh, from North Carolina yeah. to Utah again. And he gets back, and we're all still super high. Oh, yeah. And so, like, we he gets the rental car. We're going to drive back from Denver to Utah just to save a little bit of cash. And we, he gets down and he's like, all right, I'm a little tired. Uh, who can drive? And he looks back, and we're all super high still. I'm like, uh, dude, it's you're driving. I'm sorry, man. It's I'll talk to you the entire time. I'll, <laughs> I'll stay awake with you. None of us. No. And I was like, that was, I was the chair, one was thing where I sat there, I'm like, I'm so sorry, Dad. It's we're all still high, and he looks over at Karen, my wife, my, my wife, his wife, and and goes 100. percent It's like, did you let them do this? And she looks back, and she's totally high too. And he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so does he? Did he ever dabble? Or is he? No. As a kid, he did. Okay. Uh, out actually, it's the weirdest thing because my mom is not LDS. Like, she drinks, she smokes, she does ayahuasca, she does shrooms, she does my mom. She's hard. She, my mom's a lady. My mom is amazing. <laughs> but my dad is still this is somewhat the woman. LDS. This is the woman still who pulled me church. aside and said, I have a clinic where you and me can go and do some DMT together. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. When our brother-in-law sat there and was like, should we do Christmas shrooms? My mom was like, I'm down. Yes, family Christmas shrooms. So much fun. Okay, I, I got to ask you this, and I don't know if this is possible. Do we do a follow-up episode, and can your mother come? She would actually. She okay. Might actually we might. Down, but. The way she's never, she's not allowed to see this episode. She has to not know that we talked about it. You'll have to pull it out of her. She will talk to you about it. Yeah. But I'd rather her... She's still a very, very, like, in front of public and everything like that. She is still a very, very down-to-earth, civilized, very... She doesn't when I say like she's a, a lady, yeah. she's a lady. Okay. And she, she's very funny. She's super personable. She was also a salesman. And so, but it's one of those things where, like, you'll have to, like, almost, like, sneak it out of her. And expect <sighs> a spiritual talk. She's not religious. She's very spiritual. Okay, what yes. if we started with your other brother? Seth? Oh, he'd fucking have a blast. Oh, yeah, no, he'd be so fucking down. <laughs> he really I'm, would. I'm having this plan in my head is like, how many of your family can I get in the room at the same time before it's just a family reunion? Before it's just a family reunion? <laughs> and I just kind of sit over there and at just let it At least all the prayers. That's how it would be. You wouldn't, I'm sorry, you wouldn't be able to interject anything. Yeah. It would just be us playing off of each it other for be as long as you want It would be complete chaos. <laughs> 
but it would be an organized ADHD and caffeine fueled chaos. Yeah, which so, is great. Yeah, great. Which are fun, and you get stories like oh yeah, this. That's... We tell we tell the embarrassing childhood stories oh, yeah. of Ari sleepwalking, oh, eating yeah. maraschino cherries on the, the toilet. toilet. Yeah, uh, we'd have moments have where I thought stories. that house was haunted because I kept on waking up in the same goddamn living room. Yeah. for like two months. We lost... I just wake up there knowing I went to sleep in my bedroom. We lost <laughs> Hannah. We thought we lost <sighs> Hannah. She was. She fell asleep behind a curtain right in the morning on the heater, and we called the cops and had like for we like four or five hours. We searched everywhere, and then she just wakes up and throws open the curtain hey, and walks guys. out in the middle of the family room, and we're like, "The fuck? <laughs> the hell?" This was the family that was LDS, but even while still LDS, and I say we are incredibly lucky for this, is uh, curse words with the LDS faith and everything like that is very seen down upon. Yeah. My dad and mom were like, is it funny? You, you can say it then. You can cuss if it's funny. Yeah. If it's not funny, you get punished. You got to know the joke's going to land. Yeah. And so don't get me wrong, a lot of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of that. Multiple times. But your dad going, what did you say? <laughs> what did you say? And you're like, I'm sorry. Never mind. Uh, I didn't no, say anything. No one didn't say anything. No words. No, nothing at all. It's just like, or we'd all be laughing. My mom's like, mm-mm, that didn't land. We're the few where mom, while being mom when I was younger, would laugh at a joke Our at the dinner table. is numb. She is numb to our jokes. We are funny. Another like another person who's never been around our family entering in for a family Have dinner a sort of situation. Oh yeah, they're like, holy shit! It kind of it can be overstimulating sometimes. Yeah, right. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in that. We're all ADHD fuel yeah. pieces of garbage and who just can bounce on eighteen different topics. And my once. my mom and dad did not believe in doctors to fix your ADHD. You lived with it. You learned how to deal with it. And don't get me wrong, I'm now medicated for it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But at the same it's point of time, it. it is 100% just everyone's got ADHD. The conversations went over there. Nope, now it's back. Okay, mm. we're going to sip. We're going to dip here. Mm. Oh, fuck that. We're getting out of that again. And it was, we all learned how to fuel off each other. My dad, being a voice actor, would oftentimes do songs or start pick up, picking up accents. It's why we can do accents, just yeah. the smallest amount. Uh, we all do different ones though. That's the thing, cause like my dad, he can do a great Christopher Walken. No, oh, yeah. I can do a great Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. I like he can do a great Scottish Irish. Mm-hmm. While other people in the family can do a way better Scottish, but they can nowhere near do a good Irish. Yeah. And then there's me, where I can only I'm the only one in the family who can do New Zealander. Or the difference Japanese. between Australian and New Zealand and <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> but Which, like. We it's all, just insulting. That's yeah. all it is. No, it's just no, it insulting. It is not pleasant to anyone's ears, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's my dad used to be a um, voice actor. So, I mean, like, it was, he did a lot of stuff. He went to the University of Berkeley. Uh, or no, the UCLA. No, no, UCLA. Pardon me. Pardon me. That's Come all on me. Berkeley? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways, um, <sighs> he went to UCLA for theater. Oh. Because that's what he was going into, and then discovered, now I want to go make violin. So he moved to France for two and a half years and learned how to make bows. Four so years. Two and a half. Was it? It was two and a half. They left and then they came back, right? A little years. bit for not another two years, for like another half a year. But but the longest stint there was two and a half. Mom would still argue with. There's me so on many that family thing. members, like people. I I forget my family so sisters' names I wanna, all the time. I want to try and get done here in about 20 minutes, and we can definitely part two. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so 
one thing I'm curious about, how who's all a part of your immediate family? So, so there's eight of us in total. Yeah. Jesus. I'm with very I'm you we were raised Mormon. Yeah. My mom had four kids. kids and said, That's cheating. We're having two more. And she couldn't have any more kids, so she adopted two. And so we have two adopted sisters. Oh, so you have eight siblings, so in there's family eight members. Family members Six siblings. siblings. There's eight and nine, another brother, older uh, named Seth. We have an older sister named Andy, and then two younger sisters named Hannah and Sydney. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's quite the family. It, yeah. No, are any of them, are, is everyone out of high school now? Uh, we got one left. Sydney who's one youngest. year left in high school, and then we're all out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're all official adults. My parents are going to be empty nesters, and they don't know how to deal with that. That's going to be oh, weird. It's yeah. going to be very strange. Oh, they better be traveling. Oh, yeah. They better be traveling. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like, yeah, they are. Mom's got nothing better to do. And Dad is so bored in the same house. Now, let me also say, we've moved a total of, I'd say, six, seven times. Yeah. Moved. With eight siblings, and I'd say two parents. One of them is a hoarder. And I say like a bad hoarder. <laughs> she's the one. She's the Facebook Marketplace one. Ah, she buys yeah. stuff on Facebook Marketplace, repairs it, like fixes it, revarnishes it, and then she likes it too much to get rid of it. And it's like my dad's sitting there, and he's like, "We can't have any more coffee tables. <laughs> Every room has a coffee table. Why do we have so many coffee tables? Double them up. Get them out of here. Stack them. Like, Stack them. Make them like shelves. Yes." <laughs> So the other thing that I kind of want to close out on that I've picked up on, mm-hmm. neither of you guys do social media, aside from Snapchat. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm on... No one in our family does social media. Not really, no. Do you guys think, do you have, like, a It's reason? not, like, something, we're not, nobody's against it. It's just, especially how we were raised, um, they, they would honestly tell me, I got my first phone at 16, mm-hmm. which for most is very late, mm-hmm. very late. And they even look back on that, and they're just like, "That was too early. We should have given it to you when you were 18." And I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" It bothered me a lot, but now that I'm back into it, like, I just realize there's more to lose from social media than there is to gain, in my opinion. Like, yes, there is a chance that you can you can become very popular, and and I do stream now. Like, I want to have a lot of fun with the streaming area. Airplane Food 94. Uh, I don't stream that often, but whenever I do. It's a lot of fun. Hey, look, he has, he has going to come back like once a month. Yeah, just I'm got, totally down. He's got yeah, told to come back. In all honesty. Yeah. If you guys like it that much, yeah, I'll definitely come. Well, I mean, like, it's, for me, for social media, it's, we'd have to do There's no around. need for it. There's no need for it. I, I, because of my job constantly moving me around, and right now I work at home, but I used to, I used to be an installment for uh, Geek Squad for Best Buy. Yeah. So I'd go to people's houses, repair them and all like that, and I, we're very social people yeah. and all like that. And so it's, I'm on social media to lurk, most of all, like on Reddit or Imgur, or, yeah. which yeah. is Imgur, but they're called the Imgur. <laughs> Imgur, uh, come on. But on top of that, it's just... Instagram, I've noticed, is bad for my mental health. Yep. Uh, it's all comparing. Snapchat, comparing I use as just another format text. of texting yep. and, and talking. But past that, there's no need. I, the reason why I ask is I'm actually, I always tell people that if I decide that I no longer want to do podcasting and make that my career, if I don't want to do that anymore, yeah. I will, I'll be the same way. I won't have an Instagram. I won't have a Facebook. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I... I agree with you. It's one of those things where we see the facade of these influencers or popular people, yeah. but we don't really know anything about them. But it makes you feel shitty when you're like, man, he's 26. He has 
six yeah, mansions like and all the cars, and I'm over here in my fucking parents' basement talking to friends about, you know, getting high, and I'm like, yeah. it makes you feel shitty. Yeah, and I tried uh, Instagram for the longest time as a photographer. I mm-hmm. wanted to go into I even, like, got the name for my company down and everything, got a trademark, everything. Like, I actually had a business business. And uh, social media is a great place to grow, but at the same point of time, I just got too fixated on the likes and the shares and the comments and on everything. So I'd post something, and while I loved it, I haven't posted anything on there in years. It, it definitely is one of those things, and I, I'm getting into the realm of starting to teach people who are wanting to get into podcasts, like important lessons they need to know when you get into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one I always say is, like, don't look at your analytics until you're ready to, like talk to sponsors yeah because all you're gonna do is just drain yourself i believe it you know because there is we get that little serotonin boost when we're like fuck yeah i just got 100 likes or Mm -hmm. 100 views but in reality it doesn't mean anything no and when those bad days come up we're like like i had one and i'm even to like i still do it i had what i thought was an amazing opportunity I had an interview with someone that was fresh off a Netflix documentary. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, this is going to be big. Yeah. Lowest viewed episode I've had in months. Really? And I was like, I remember that episode. I did show yeah. for a little bit. It was a good one. And, I honestly liked it a lot. And I don't know, algorithms are, you can't. No, you can't. Them. And I, even myself, I was like, fuck man, that bums me out. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is like, you can't let shit like that bum you out because you can produce the best content, but sometimes it just... No one sees it. There's yeah. too many times where I see that on YouTube, Twitch, all that, where it's just like, wow, this person makes way too good of content for the views and the yeah. likes that they're getting and, and the yeah. subs and all of that. You you deserve more. And don't get me wrong. Once you're pushing out constantly good original, which is hard to yeah, do, original stuff. content, all it is is persistence at that point. Yeah, it's You continue doing it until, because I promise you, sooner or later, someone's going to find it. Follow, uh, share it or something like that, and it's going to be passed on to hundreds yeah. of thousands of people. That's that's it's, the, that's where it comes from. I think that's the biggest lesson in life is consistency. If you if you truly want something and you're just consistent with it, you'll achieve it. Yeah. It if you want to be a huge streamer, if you want to be the next, yep. I don't know who the most popular streamer is right now. Ludwig probably. Do you want to be the next him? I was tough to get to, but it's not ninja. 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 So I, I was a part of the generation when PewDiePie was the top YouTuber. Oh, and no he one still would is. Yeah, Fuck anybody. No, he definitely. No, he definitely is, but he's not the most liked YouTuber. No. He was the most liked YouTuber for the longest time. And so, unpopular opinion. Hands down, some of the funniest things on YouTube are his gaming montages that he oh, does oh, not yeah. make anymore. No, he doesn't. As a anymore. child, that is like killer instant, content. Oh yeah, that is instant dopamine to my brain when I mm-hmm. watch those. I was, uh, I had that live stream on where he dropped in bomb playing PUBG. Oh my god, that was a moment. It happened. I wasn't watching it. I was doing other things on the computer. Yeah. And I heard it. I'm like, wait, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> This is wild. Yeah. There's a moment for me when it comes to language that's just like, there are certain things you got to be careful with. But at the same time, I hope that as a society, as a civilization, we can get to a point of time to where words are just that. Yeah. Or words. I think, too, it's one of those... Yeah, that's a tough one to talk on. It it, it genuinely is. I don't think we're going to see it in our generation. I I think we'll be long dead before we really... 
understand. We can hope. It's because yeah. it's just... I also believe in the exact opposite. I believe words have extreme power. I, as well. No, yeah. totally do. It's because happened. I can totally diffuse a situation mm-hmm. with just my words. Mm-hmm. I don't have to impose myself on anybody or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just the way you phrase something yeah. can make somebody believe yeah. or, or think yeah. differently. Because mm-hmm. I could call someone a cheeky cunt and they'd be like, oh, what's up? Yeah, exactly. I look and be like, you're a fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's 100% different. That's such a great Yeah, that word's I've powerful. Yet to call somebody, like, actually mean it. Just be like, you are a fucking cunt. Twice in my life, and it makes you feel great. <sighs> it's that power, <laughs> that adrenaline. Yeah. It's what I'm going for. You're like, wow, that. It feels like a weight off your chest. You're like, oh, man, I've been wanting to say that to this person for a long time. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, yeah, I've said it only once to one person, and they deserved it. Yeah. But uh, it was also, that was an interesting time in my life. That was fun. Russian dude. It's interesting. It's a ride. (laughs) I was a swear word until I was like 15. Yeah? 15. And then out of nowhere, people were like, what's the C word? Or people were talking about the C word, and I was like, crap. Cooch? Cooch? Cock? Cock? Yeah. Cooch is a good word. Cooch is is a good word. Fucking cooch. Just like coochie. Now, I want to try and get ideas for later episodes if you guys Mm -hmm. want to come back. Um, Your mom had mentioned ayahuasca and different things like that. Have you, Mm -hmm. either of you guys dabbled in that realm of She's gone so much harder than I have. She, it's so when I say she's badass, like I've done, I've done mushrooms, I've done shrooms. She's done ayahuasca like sixteen times. Mm. Like she's like gone to a shaman, gone to a clinic, gone to all these things. It is genuinely impressive because the only reason why she does it is because she wants to be more open minded and she wants to be more there spiritually. Which if she, if you asked her now, she it. totally disapproves of me and, and Ari recreationally smoking weed mm-hmm. she totally disapproves of it because she believes with those kind of drugs you should go into them with a meaning saying like i want to fix this about myself mm-hmm. this drug which you won't call it marijuana she'll call it santa maria because that's the actual name that's the that was the first name given to it and she yeah. believes names i say that with air quotes names have power yeah um she believes in astrology too yeah. oh, oh, that's yeah. a that's a funny one yeah right she um, goes into it like farther than any other person she well. is the most broad and variable uh, varietal varietal she has the most variety of what she does and what she believes and what i don't agree with a decent amount of what my mom says mm-hmm. i love the hell out of her yeah, of course. And I will always support her and I'll always stand by her. Yeah. But there are some times where I sit there and I'm like, Jesus Mom, that's Christ. fucking insane. That is. That? Are you fucking serious? Are you really worried about 5G right now? <laughs> <laughs> the towers are taking over. No, oh, yeah, I, right? I wanted to ask it, meaning not specifically her, because if that episode ever happens, who knows? I, yeah. I won't ever push that. But I mean, specifically, you two, if you've ever dialed into any type of you know psychedelics because i'm actually trying to i want to do an episode that is more dedicated just to that space mm-hmm. i've done a metric fuck ton of shrooms okay i've done shrooms too many shrooms okay same and way. i don't i don't dislike shrooms i've never done acid or anything like that but i've done i've done acid because i what i really want to do and like kind of like you know some of the other big podcasters in the world are trying to make these more 
these substances more comfortable to talk about and make it not like, hey, we're going to go out and just get fucked up or yeah. whatever it is. Like, make it something that you can have conversations with your family to try and get to a point where, I mean, it does a lot Which of good for people. Is the, the saddest part, because each time I bring it up, me saying I did a metric fuck ton of shrooms, I hesitated for a second, even just saying it right there, because it's sometimes something personal that you don't want to talk about. Yes. But there are those moments where you just have to say, okay, Jesus Christ, the stigma on these drugs is not real. Shrooms not is the reality. safest drug. Yeah. I prefer take. somebody doing shrooms before they did weed. Mm. Honestly, I really would. Just because mushrooms are a trip. I, I do believe that there needs to be a time where you don't do these recreational Don't do psychedelics for fun. You do them because... Well, don't don't do psychedelics when you're in a bad place. Sorry, I should have said that. Mm -hmm. Don't do them when you're like, when I you're need something to pick to me up. have a good time. Yeah. When I need something to pick me up, psychedelics are not the place be to Be there already. Yeah, yeah I, I, I live by a motto when it comes to even drinking, specifically mm -hmm. weed, mushrooms, all that type of stuff. I don't, I will not use them if I'm sad. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people look at that and they're like, well, what does that mean? And I mean, that means like, any type of sadness like i'm not going to come home and be like casually drink like three beers when i'm having a shitty day yeah that's i don't think that's good for you no one last thing okay with that because i i have introduced a lot of people to marijuana for their mm -hmm. first time just because i was that kid in high school where if you really like if you were close friends with me you knew you could ask me hey i'm trying to get high tonight where would i go yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never had a bad time on shrooms, but I've also had some sketchy ass moments on shrooms. I've seen but, not on shrooms. I've seen tabs of acid change the mood of the room really. I've seen fucking how, quickly. Acid never shrooms. Acid can go south really quick, mm -hmm. really quick, in a really bad way. Mm -hmm. But back to what I was saying, I had a friend where it was his first time. He's my best friend of all time, and me and him like that's just always kind of been the difference. Is like I smoke weed, he drinks a lot. Mm. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, his girlfriend at the time was very against it, all that. It was this big thing where he's like, I'm not trying it because the people I'm hanging out with. And I was like, totally valid. Mm -hmm. And he, him personally, he was like, I never wanted to try it. Yeah. Broke up with his girlfriend. One of the worst breakups I've ever seen a friend go through, ever. Three days after the breakup, he comes to me and he's like, I'm trying to get higher than anyone I've ever met. Please. Mm -hmm. And I was like... All right. Okay, this is kind of like a moral dilemma, but I told him I multiple times I asked him, like, do you want this? Is this really what you want? And he was like, yes. And I was like, cool, meet me at this place at this time. Yeah. We are going to get too high. I'll see you in the moon. Yeah. I don't get how people do I can green out. And when I green out, it is immediate paranoia and anxiety attack and everything until I vomit. And then I'm having then a great time again. That's that's the difference because that's the difference between you and me because me and this friend that I was with I was like you and me are very similar in body types in metabolism and all yeah. that and that has something to do with it because mm. I can I've never greened out on green mm. yeah, I've now never with out green jab oh <laughs> I've had that moment where my friends like we're at our fifteenth hit for the night of out of a rig yeah and oh, it's just geez. like you cotton candy swirl that shit oh and at that point or I'm just like. I, I'm not comfortable with where I am yeah. right now. I'm not comfortable. And then at that point, I'm just like, okay, now I know my limits. I am too high. See, I, I, don't, I don't even really smoke anymore because I've actually, 
last couple times that I've ever I've done it. And I know what it is. I think I know what it is. I need to just smoke green because I don't have great reactions with carts. Carts. Same. It's really bad. The same it's, thing for me. It's become a part of this whole, especially in the pot smoking community, is a uh, cart hitters are the lowest of the low. They're the guys who don't is, appreciate a good high. Yeah. But so here's, I'm going to defend them just a little yeah, go bit. Go ahead. Because I was a cart hitter for a long time. The only reason why I'm saying I'm not now is because I have the exact same thing. I got to a point in time in my life to where I, huge depression, weed was a big crutch for me. I didn't carts a lot. Problem is that cards now just cause anxiety. Mm. I just yes, you can just be really twenty four seven. Yeah, on and it's you take one hit and it's immediately a large amount and you are there and you don't need anything past that. But okay. to stay there, you need to constantly be hitting it mm. constantly, like a vape pen. Yep. And so you for can. me, it would cause me massive anxiety and depression. And we essentially, me and my roommate went through five grams of dab. In like a month Oof. and because we were just we were like we have all this stuff let's just blow through it and be done and yeah. I've been I get high every once in a while but that's always when I'm surrounded by people yeah and it's but I haven't owned any weed for like three months now yeah which has been very 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 good for me so it, that's the thing and like and I definitely don't like I don't discredit anyone who smokes regularly. Mm-mm. And for me, it was one of those things where, like, I was smoking every day for quite some yep. time. Yep. Like, eh, maybe not every day, four or five times a week. Yeah. So pretty much. And uh, when I decided to stop is when I started seeing the effects of marijuana on a negative side. Yeah. Because you start getting a little bit more... The glaze is gone. Those, that, those are the, the stones days. that worry me are the ones who are like, I'm not addicted or... Who say there's no downside? Listen, I'm just like you are wrong. Marijuana as a as a plant is not addicting, no. but that filling definitely. It's is. it's it is a crutch. It yeah. genuinely is. My roommate and I we sat there and it was after him and I had a long conversation about it. It was just like our days started to become like a blur all at one. You yeah. stopped being able to tell which day was which mm-hmm. really easily. Uh, you lose motivation as soon as you hit that first time. Not to try to one up you. But like I, I, you can do that with carts very easily because yeah. you're hitting it all the time. Imagine a rig. No, no, no. Yeah, I believe that. That's what I realized with my roommates and then how I was doing it. Only until after I just figured out I can't be comfortable in my own home at, until I took a hit. Yeah. Until and I took a huge. With hit. all this, with all this said, hey y'all, smoke weed. Yeah, seriously, do Try it. it it's weed is it weed is a lot of fun, but just understand what your body wants. Understand what you can handle. Don't go into it too hard the first time. Yeah. Take it really slow and find which strains work best for you. And expect That's all not I can to say. feel it the first time too. Yeah, no, a lot of people yeah, don't, don't realize that unless you are pushing it. And when I say pushing it, I mean you are already getting too high for your first time. Mm-hmm. My first time, you're probably not going to feel it. And that's where a bunch of people are just like, oh, I don't like getting high. Because they'll do it once, and then they'll be like, I didn't feel it. Yeah. And then they'll do it a second time and be like, holy fucking shit, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. You know what I really want to do, like, at some point in my adult life, is I want to be able to go and have enough influence to restructure, like, the D.A.R.E. program. Dude, fuck the D.A.R.E. program, Because, like, I really think that we need to... Get a medical card. I have one. Like you really need to go back and explain to yeah. and we need to explain to the kids now that like 
The D.A.R.E. program is whack as fuck. No joke. Go get a medical card. Yeah. Or have a buddy who lives in Denver and then just have him ship it to you. Yeah. They don't fucking check no, the mail. No, they don't. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm not saying where I get my stuff, but if I were to get my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That and dispensaries are totally just better than. Wyoming. Like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Or Nevada. Yeah. You're an hour and a half away from here to Nevada. You're good to go. But yeah, the D.A.R.E. program's fucked. Oh, I have to say, and I've told this story a couple of times, one of the funniest things is when I went to the Wendover dispensary for the first time. Okay, yeah. because like I had gone to the Colorado dispensary, but it was like right when shit was still kind of like fresh. Yeah. And not that it was shady. It was still a business. It was like a brick and mortar business. Yeah. And like you walk in and you're like, hey, and it like, you know, the whole display is like, yeah. kind of what you saw in the early movies. Going to the Wendover one was one of the wildest experiences ever because this building is like, ginormous mm-hmm. i mean it's the size of a, a fucking centerville walmart yeah and i remember walking in and i was with bieber so bieber's my fiance i forgot to mention that oh, oh um, there you go yeah and she, she, she's <laughs> always hanging out and uh <laughs> we were kind of like oh this is crazy and yeah. when you walk in there's a first set of doors and you go in there's a greeter and she's on a computer and she's like oh welcome is this mm-hmm. your first time here like yeah and like the first thing out of her mouth is like oh would you like to sign up for our rewards program and then that's when I was like, oh my God, this is different now. Mm-hmm. This is, we're advancing in the civilization. Because, yeah. like, it was like an awards program, like a Smith's has, where if yep. you come and buy product, we'll give you fucking discounts. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, I remember, like, yeah. I, I was a late bloomer, I guess you could say, as yeah. far as my group goes when it comes to smoking weed. Same. I didn't smoke weed until I was out of high school. Yeah, same. And. Which, I have to say, there's a huge difference between here and their dispensaries here and the dispensaries in Europe. There's a huge difference mm. because I've been to the I've been to the dispensaries here, like really nearby because I have my card and I can just pick them up whenever I like. But inside Amsterdam specifically, it's you go downstairs like it's a random door that just has coffee shop on the front of it. You go in, you go past somebody else's business through their business. You go downstairs. And then it's this basement, and it's a bar. It's where you pick up your stuff, and then like the bar, and then where you pick up your stuff, and then there's this door, and it's a glass like wall mm-hmm. into this giant room. What happens is everyone picks up inside that room. You have to buy some before you can enter the room. But that entire room is a giant hot box. Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is to get high off of the tiniest amount. Like you could just buy one gram, get in there. And you're as high as you like your bottom is still quite a bit. It's like ten bucks. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's that's the difference in how much we take. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm like, like one gram. I'm like, oh man, someone's. Yeah, but like you buy, you could buy even like a half a gram. You go in there and then you exit like you just smoked six. Yeah, because yeah, the whole room is huge. But it's kind of sketchy because it's these wooden tables, nice wooden tables. But like everyone's sitting there listening to loud music, you don't really talk to anybody else at these different it's, tables. It's also, like a, their attempts to keep people who are high off the streets. Yes, is it because like the, it's super disrespectful to smoke on the street. Is it similar to like a hookah lounge? Kind yeah, of. yeah, mm-hmm. almost exactly. Okay, but like, yeah, it's super disrespectful to smoke on the street. It's I super. I want to hear the rest of your story. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I know that you get you all the way. The one that you were still going on. Oh, with the Windover? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that was pretty much it. And I, I just think it's fascinating that we're at a point now where, because I remember growing up, like, a lot of my friends smoked weed, yeah. you know, around this area. Yeah. And I was always hanging out with them. And it was like, Sketchy. it was stressful. Yeah. It was stressful. It was one of those things where, like, 
Okay, well, where do we go? Do we smoke in our car? Do we not smoke in our car? Do, do we, we go, go to the park? park? Yeah. Yeah. Do we like? Do we risk a cop driving by? Yeah. While do we we're in the park? do we use our pipe or do we like get something that we know we can like Someone's get rid of? Parents these? cool that we can do it in yeah, the basement. Like, it was this whole entire thing, and then now you go to like Windover and like. I mean, Windover now smells like cigarettes and weed instead of just cigarettes. Yeah. And yeah. it's just such a weird, I don't know. It It's cool. Like, I'm definitely for it. And I'm definitely like, yeah. you know, I want to go to California at some point and experience their side of things because I've heard it's even more crazy. It's, it's well, I mean, like, I remember my first time, we're talking about first time dispensary stories. I remember my first time going in, it was up at Denver because that's where my brother lives. And so uh, we were just talking and everything he's like okay well let's go to the dispensary we get inside they check your ids and everything you have to be older than 21 and so we get inside and immediately i go i wish every dmv was run this way every single one because the person at that counter is so incredibly kind and they have good things to say and they're constantly happy and then none of them are smoking at the moment but it's like everybody is totally happy they have really good suggestions they know their shit and they have constant referrals yeah Yeah. no and it's they have you can only buy it with cash Mm -hmm. and they have an atm at each and every single one so you go and you get your cash and you just go through it and they're having constant sales and stuff and in all honesty i don't even really mind the insane taxes on weed because it's 25 percent up there right it is a quarter of what you spend you're gonna have to spend that much more to even get it and part of me sits there it's like a lot of people who are going to a dispensary unless they have a, a medical card you're going there for recreational. Yeah. If you're going there for recreational, I you're, hope paying. You, you're paying. And do you know what? All that money is going back into the state and hopefully is going to where it needs to go. I don't know where hopefully it's going at all. Hopefully. But it's like I sat there and I'm like, me pay, dude, me this is a totally different experience. Potholes? Are you fucking kidding me? Am yeah, I right? living in a utopia? There's schools up in Colorado where they give kids iPads as like their like start of the year because yeah. of how much money they have from weed now. Oh yeah. No, and it's I've sat there and I'm like if it wasn't, this is this is my biggest oomph with the LDS Church. It's how much control they have over legisla- legislation here in legislation. Uh, thank you. I'm also dyslexic. Anyways, hey, me uh, too. there you go. Hey, we really put the sexy in dyslexia. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Anyways, but um, no, but it's it's one of those. For instance, when they tried to pass the law here in Utah for it to be passed recreationally, it got 14, passed. Right? Yeah, it got passed. Uh, medicinally but not recreationally and I'm sitting there and I'm like why the hell not I, I mean like put in your laws and all like it that it's re- re- people are already smoking it people are and That's the, the, dumb part. the crime for it is so high when it's actually what all they're doing is hanging out and smoking it's, and eating chips not and like watching a movie smoking from a crack pipe and then running into the streets getting hit by a car no i don't want to get happened. into a car when i'm high i don't want to leave my apartment yeah, yeah that's why when i'm drunk when i'm like no man i really want some taco bell and i don't want to hoof that DoorDash price but i really want Idea. that taco Bell. social distancing and all this shit why don't they just give everyone like a gram no i'll just I stay sit in home. my apartment like, I'm not going to go do stuff. I'm just going to sit at home eat well, my food. They even did a study on, like, high-functioning stoners, mm-hmm. smokers. Like, they're better drivers. Yeah. They're more cautious. Yeah. I had, <laughs> you know, uh, like, I worked not at Not that one... that's a good thing to do. But... Mm-hmm. Well, hesitation can kill you as yeah. well. It's just, 
Be careful. Know yeah. your body. I know people who they get high and they drive, and in all honesty, I don't like doing it myself. Yeah. I don't like operating the vehicle unless I am 100% sober. Now, I'm a, I'm, I'm a scary driver to myself because multiple times I've driven, and the only reason why I took the exit I was supposed to take is because I saw the sign, read it, and went, oh my god, I'm going there. <laughs> and then I take that exit. That's the only reason. If I didn't see it, I would have driven two yeah. hours in a different direction. That's, that like, is a difference in you and me. I, I do <laughs> not like being high and driving. And the other thing, though, that's interesting that I, I think you'd probably find funny is the weed that, like, well, I mean, we, we smoked later, but... yeah. This shit was not as potent as this shit is nowadays. Not even a little like, bit. I started. Uh, I didn't start in Amsterdam weed, but I hit that really quickly in my career yeah. of actually smoking. Career. A career. Yeah. I started with you need to get Amsterdam a smoking stuff. jacket. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we, I, we can get into that later, but the licensing to be able to sell weed in states oh, that allow yeah, it is also ridiculous insane like, but there's so much money to be i think that into. though to go back to what you said about how you're I'm you can smoke different dab respect or, seriously though you know different things like that is yeah. you you jumped into the weed when it's like at its like best it's product true. yeah i didn't have to deal farmers markets you'd make so much i've had money some at. lace scares i've totally had some yeah. lacing scares like everyone always does but then you know I'm happy to realize that no, I was just really new to weed, and this is really strong weed. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like my first time, I did dab, uh, and they're like, hit it once, and my first hit, and hard hit, and all like that. After that, I there's always that first time, and that first time is never the scary parts with carts is because, or or just dab is because you'll take that hit and you'll be like, I don't really feel it. And then you'll take like five more. That was, and then you'll be like, oh my god, I fucking made it. That was my second time. Was I did eleven hits, and I'm sitting there, and it was my second fucking time, and I'm twenty at the time. Yeah. And so it's like I'm sitting there, take eleven hits, and I'm like, all right, starting to feel it. I put on my headphones. I start listening to Alt J because their music is <laughs> like yeah. extraordinary while high. But then you get that that it's in your head. And things are repeating and circling and things start swirling around and you just don't feel good. I vomited on my buddy's car mm -hmm. off of the porch and went and took a six-hour power nap. And don't get me wrong, nap kicked ass. Yeah. But after that, I didn't touch weed for two months, three months, because I was too scared of getting to that point again. I've only done dab, like actual dab, like blowtorch dab yeah. one time, and I don't know if I'll ever will again. Do you I don't know me. Yeah. You know uh, the situation I was in where I was pretty much every day. Yeah. I'd do about four or five hits out of the thing. And, you know, carts, people can say, like, yeah, I can I can get a gram cart of, of dab, and that'll last me a week. I could do about a gram yeah. in a hit. Yeah, I my my uh, my experience with a dab rig was just I wasn't ready for the heat yeah. in my chest. Yeah. And it got me so belligerently high that mm -hmm. my whole experience was just like panic please stop yeah. like please yeah. make this go away that's the worst thing ever too is based upon strain it's a completely different well, I experience don't, i too. couldn't I, i'm not good at measuring i don't know how much i took i don't yeah. know i don't know how much wax is a lot Did of you wax. say like a like a pinky nail no it was way more than that it was like Jesus, holy shit. Oh, that's not that good. You do them a lot. Like, what I do, I like casual tap, 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 tap. A pinky nail. Oh, it and was then like I put a... that on the sword. And then I do that about five times. Oh, it was like a drippy thing. Like, 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 it was like a long strand thing, and you put it in, and you like, holy shit. 
shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've that's only probably done that I, twice. That's probably why ones. I hated it then, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's really hard. There's, I, I pissed off my roommates my first time ever doing dabs is because I was prepared. I've, I've smoked a lot. I know about heat in my chest. Yeah. I've done all that kind of stuff. And so when I took it, they, they were trying to kind of bully me and they did over the top. They kind of wanted to either scare me out of it or get me really into it. Yeah. And I smoked it all. And if you ever take dabs out of a rig, never be scared to cough. You're supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to happen because it hurts. Yeah. A dab hurts so bad. But they totally, it was just like that. It was a long strand. It just kept on uh, dropping it in yeah. slowly and slowly. Yeah. And I didn't cough at all. And I was just like, Oh, that's that was one of the reasons Casual. why I hated it so much. Is I, I would not stop. Well, like and like I, I've always been a cougher, even just smoking anything. Yeah. And uh, it went all like I don't know how long it is. I really don't remember. And I went all the way down, pulled, and then I just as much as I could get in, and like I felt like my chest was on fire. Like not normal like weed smoking fire. Like it. Yeah. It's a different it, feeling. Hurt. It's you get that coating and everything else with it. Yeah, too, and it's almost a panic for your and first I, time. And too. I started mm-hmm. coughing so hard that I went to the bathroom and I thought I was not only going to throw up, but I could taste kind of like blood. I think that I mm-hmm. coughed so hard that maybe I was scratching out my. Yeah, throat. it's a weird coppery taste too. Like maybe that's what throat, it was. And, and it, yeah. yeah, a lot of people are just like, "Am I coughing up blood?" And it's like, no, we just normally. Yeah, has it's kind just of metal taste sometimes. and everything and else with it, especially from a carts and stuff like no, that. Out of a I, rig, especially, it's a really hot banger. Oh yeah, hitting a liquid. Yeah, that is instantly going into your lungs. Yeah. Like, so I I thought like when I finally was able to go and like didn't think that I was coughing up blood because I didn't see any blood. Yeah. And then I sat down. I was so just beyond comprehending anything that was yeah. going on and just immediate panic and yeah. uh, paranoia. Yeah. And I was just like, I couldn't get out of my head. And, yep. Oh. I was lucky enough that I had a person who sat there and he was like, I have worked with a lot of newbies. I've worked with a lot of people. He's like, I like showing it to people. That was his thing. Yeah. And so he's like, one hit. One hit, just be there, and then I'll go and get you some Captain Crunch, and that's what you're gonna do. And so I just sat there, and I remember uh, putting on headphones, just dancing in a circle with cereal, and it was the best tie I've ever had. But then after that, as again, Misty, yeah, no, it's you gotta be careful with those first times and all like that, because I didn't touch it for months after my second time. The smell of weed caused me to. Like, I, start to I remember gag. I had a cart around him and he was and I was like, Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we'll have to get that out of your system at yep. some point. <laughs> Come get you high one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, let's uh let's go ahead and wrap it up for this episode. Cool, cool. Um I usually give this time to have you know, people share their social media or anything they're working on. I don't know if there's anything you guys have that you're... I'm trying to get through college. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> TV, Airplane 294. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start streaming a little more, especially me and him are playing through uh, the new COD Zombies. We're trying to beat all the Easter eggs. Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's a lot of fun because it's a lot of... Dude, what the fuck? What the Stop fuck? Stop it! Where's the dogs? <laughs> Edge, you'll hear us screaming a lot and all like that. I'll show up on there. I've got a completely different handle, but... If you're hopping on him, you're gonna definitely see me. Yeah, I, I like I like Twitch streamers, but I got nothing to offer. So I think he can do, but that's well, I, I got nothing to offer in terms of like he doesn't a channel. Himself. 
Oh, it's, it's, I, I don't stream myself. I've been a part of multiple streams. I'm actually with several other streamers too. Awesome. But I'm definitely one of those guys that likes to put in the quick jab jokes, <laughs> throw it in there when it's really uncomfortable, and then get out. And then get out. Then get out. Like come back a little. Just a little, just a little bit more spicy. Yeah. A bit spicier. Well, but, um, I, I yeah. do want to thank you guys for the time. Yeah, um, thank you so we'll much. We'll definitely for have another episode. I hope here very shortly. When are you leaving Arizona? So I am leaving April 25th, so that is very soon. Okay. And if you want to get in an episode before then, yeah. definitely I'm willing. I will be doing flights back pretty often it's for like a weekend. Yeah, it's will, $50. It's oh, like a $50 I'm putting flight. in money to bring oh. this kid back up here. Oh, I'm going to okay. miss the hell out so of it. So I'll let you know whenever I'm showing up if you have any free time during those days. Cool. Let me yeah. know if you want me to come on. Perfect. Yeah. Well, again, thank you guys. And then, again, shout out to our sponsors, Monarch Social. Um... Dark Prime Collectibles and Happiest Med. Uh, thank you guys very much. And we'll be back live probably in about 25, 30 minutes with our second show tonight. So stay tuned if you want to hang out. And then anyone else who's listening on the back end on Spotify and iTunes and all that, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope to hear from you soon. And come drop by the live stream, twitch.tv slash Thank you, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. Have a good one.